This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Oh, hey, everybody. It's the best show. Ah, oh, tonight's best show is going to be awesome. You kidding? Ah, oh, it's going to be so much fun. It's awesome. We got Adam Resnick's coming up on the show. It's author of a new book. Will not attend. Ah, oh, it's going to be awesome. So much fun. The topic tonight, I don't get it. We're going to talk about the things you don't get, things you try to get but you can't. It's awesome. So much fun. Get ready for that. All kinds of games. It's awesome. So much fun. 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 It's awesome. So much
everybody, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, youngsters and old timers, the best show is back on another exciting Tuesday night here. It's pretty thrilling. We got AP Mike in the house. Are you here tonight, Mike? He's back. Last week, he wasn't. A little bit of a disagreement over whether he should operate under a different name. The whole outrageous controversy. But we decided to go forward. He wears the scarlet letter on his yoga pants. My friends, what did I want to tell you? Yes, it's the best show. We got an exciting show for you tonight. Adam Resnick is going to be here. You know him. He of Will Not Attend fame, the book, funniest book ever. He of Get a Life fame. He of Cabin Boy fame. He'll be here. Got uh, the topic tonight. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about things that you tried and you just don't get it. We've talked about this before on the old show. It's one of those things I call an evergreen. We come back to it, and why do we come back? Well, because you are the variable. You, the listening audience, are the variable. The topics change. It's like uh, it's like a way of, of cataloging the times, hearing the things you don't get. Some of the things in the past people didn't get, now you might get easily. And today's... Mysteries might be tomorrow's uh, pieces of cake. You, my friends, are under the spotlight. You are the lab rats. We're going full on, uh, full on, uh, 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 what's that study, Mike, where they were zapping the dude where he's like, uh, if he gets the question wrong, they zap him. And he's like, uh, they got some, some, uh, guy who looks like, uh, like, uh, Looks like it was in the uh, the, uh, the the the, L- the the LBJ's administration. Well, the guy says he's in a lot of pain. I uh... all right, he got the question wrong. Please give him a uh, hundred fifty uh, hundred fifty volts. Oh, that one really hurt. Well, this guy says he's in a lot of pain, sir. This is messing with the uh, integrity of the experiment. You know, it just shows any of you rats will go along with anything. One, uh, your one's more of a sheep than the next. Right, Mike? Sheep. Not like you and me. We're mavericks. Trailblazers. Right? We're putting our mark on the world. In different ways, admittedly. I guess they're getting into some of these uh, experiments like that. Messing with people's minds. Right? Get them in labs. Trick them. Impractical Joker stuff. What if it turns out Impractical Jokers, that was like a giant experiment? Like Milgram. Milgram, I'm being told it's Milgram. The Milgram experiment. What if you find out that the... the, the uh, that the impractical jokers are like the Stanford prison experiment. 
right? Sal. Turns out he's like a scientific genius. As they prank people. I need some of that. Why can't I get a gig like that, man? Four dudes on Staten Island. They're hanging at the Staten Island Mall with headsets in. And they make each other say things. And then these guys are walking away with with uh, uh, checks that could, uh, wads of cash that could choke a horse. Right? Meanwhile, I'm here. I'm here eating gruel. It's like gruel, man. Gruel. Straight up gruel. What music did we hear? Well, I'm going to tell you. We heard something from Karoma. K-U-R-O-M-A. They have a new album out called... Karomarama. This is a great I like this record a lot. Karoma, it's got the drummer uh, Will from uh, MGMT. He's in this band. Remember a few years ago, Mike, a guy called saying he was opening for MGMT at uh, at uh, 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 the Barclay Center, and then I couldn't go to the show. Well, this is his band. I'm pretty sure I'm getting the story right. I'm probably getting it wrong. But they're great. Karoma. You check it out, man. Name of the record, Karoma Rama. And the song, again, was 20-plus centuries. On the Votive record label. V-O-T-I-V. And prior to that, an album I keep going back to over and over. Moses and the Firstborn on Burger Records. The name of that song is Down with the Band. From their uh, self-titled album, Moses and the Firstborn, from uh, two years ago. Great album. I'm telling you, man, Impractical Joe, those guys got it figured out. All right, tell, tell the, tell the, they're like, in the middle of the mall, like, uh, tell them, tell them you got, uh, Tell them you gotta go to the bathroom. And then they're laughing. And then they say, cut. And then they hand these guys, uh, uh, a bag of cash like it's, uh, Jackie Brown. Remember the cash in Jackie Brown, Mike? You like that movie? That was good. That might be my favorite of the Quentin Tarantino movies. Because it's for adults. I got to get some of that money, man. Some of that impractical joker's money. All right, we're at the mall, and uh, I'm pretending to be running a uh, kiosk selling uh, hot dogs. And uh, somebody comes up, or maybe they'll, they'll have a thing where they'll be out there with like a tray of samples. And they'll be, uh, would you like, uh, would you like to try these, uh, these, uh, pastries? And then they're in the headset. They're like, uh, tell them that you sneezed on it. Yeah, I sneezed on it. And that's a wrap. And here's everybody's money. Here's the, here's your wad of money. Here's your gym bag full of money. Here's your gym bag full of money. 
Here's your gym bag full of money, and here's your gym bag full of money. Hold on one second, my friends. Oh. So, as I was saying... Got Adam Resnick coming up in a little bit. You watch uh, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll yet, Mike? Good, good, right? It's a good show. You got to check it out, man. That's made for you. Nothing I like better than watching uh, people uh, who can't play instruments, like fake drum. And the one guy on it, that comedian, Robert Kelly. He's like supposed to be the drummer. Well, first of all, they all have cool names on the show. Uh, Dennis Leary. There's this new show on FX. Uh, it's uh, sex and drugs and rock and roll, and uh, it's uh, it's got a uh, Dennis Leary plays uh, plays a uh, a, ro- a washed up rocker named Johnny Rock, which I guess. Isn't too on the nose, I guess that, uh, and then he, uh, tries to get the band back. The band was called the Heathens. And then he's trying to get the, the Heathens back together. And then naturally the thing starts with, uh, the thing starts with, uh, 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 the, uh, 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 Dave Grohl talking like a testimonial. He's like, Oh man, the Heathens? Are you kidding? It's exactly the same thing I was making fun of a couple weeks ago where Dave Grohl's saying, participating in every documentary. And then he goes, uh, are you kidding? The heathens? There would be no Nirvana if it wasn't for the heathens. It's like maybe you... uh Maybe that's not a chip you can cash to link Nirvana, their existence, to the existence of this fake Dennis Leary rock band. Then the John Corbett is on it, and he plays Flash, a guitarist, because he's pretty flashy. And I think there's a bass player whose name I think is Rehab, something like I think it's Rehab. I really think it was like Rehab. Then the drummer is Bam Bam, because, you know, he hits drums. So he's like, I thought it was Bam Bam because the writing was uh the level of, like, the writing on the Flintstones. It was like, maybe the writing staff for the Flintstones. Can you imagine the writing staff for the Flintstones? Board, giant board up. Oh, come on. Come on in. Come. Come in. Okay. All right. Giant board up, Flintstones, people breaking Flintstone stories. All right. What are we doing here? Episode, uh, 558. Uh, Fred gets, uh, yelled at by Mr. Slate. All right. Let's break the beats on this thing. Let's really, let's really get to work on the, make sure this Flintstones episode is as great as can be. In the Flintstones writer's room. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Now I'm not saying no boy anymore, Mike. Say no brother. Mixing it up. So yeah, so this Flintstone, Flintstone, the sex and drugs and rock and roll. So it's this band. And then somebody's like, uh, they talk to, uh, Dave Grohl, who keeps 
kind of talking about Nirvana and how important the heathens were to them. And then they talked to uh, Greg Dooley from uh, Afghan Wigs. And he's just talking about how great the they were. And then, uh, then the thing starts and it's like, somebody's like, man, this band is like if the, if the, if the, the who, uh, what did they say again? It was like, man, it's like if the who, uh, it, it bleeped the clash. You're like, well, this must be some kind of band. That sounds like, then you hear it and it's like, You hear, you hear what this band, the heathen sounds like. And you're like, this sounds like some bad Guns N' Roses side project. The Who bleep and the Clash. The only kid they would have would be this band. No. I love the wigs on the show though. Dennis Leary's wig. I'd watch a show just about that wig. Right? Give that wig a, a series. Hey, Dudio. Dudio went upstairs. I tell you. No offense, that's strike one against Dudio. Mike loves that, because I'll tell you. Something we don't talk about here, Mike hates Dudio. Dudio hates Mike. Unwritten. I said it. Sorry, guys. I had to say it. Right? <laughs> Mike, it's way too jovial. Yeah. Yeah, I hate him. Is, it, is there stuff in there? Can you hear it? How about now? Okay, we'll 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 straighten it out for you. Okay, we'll we'll get it right. Okay, don't worry. We'll we'll get it. So uh, so yeah, so this show it's like like we got to get the band back together, and then they play some like, and then his daughter shows up like because his daughter's got money and. And then Johnny Rock, like, hits on his... He doesn't know it's, like, his daughter. And he thinks it's, like, somebody giving him the eye. And it's not. How we doing? And then, uh... And then the band... She's like, I want to be a singer. And then, uh... She throws money at them. And then, uh... Gets them to, like, reunite. So the, the heathens get back together. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, well, now there'll never be a show about, for another 10 years, there won't be another show about, like, a band on television, because this will be the show about rock music. It's like, well, there goes that window for the next decade. See you in 2022. Maybe another show can be about a rock band. But it's like, it's got that thing where it's like, there's nothing worse than watching somebody who doesn't know how to play an instrument, like, faking it on TV. And it's got some, a lot of that in it. Like, uh, the, thank you, Pat. Pat likes everybody. Pat gets along with Mike and Dudio. What's the dynamic, Pat? Just let me get it straight. Mike hates Dudio. Dudio hates Mike. Dudio likes Pat. Pat likes studio. Correct. Pat likes Mike. Mm-hmm. Mike hates Pat. I'm sorry you had to hear it from me. 
I'm sorry. Look, I just ripped the Band-Aid off. <laughs> Truth is, Mike... Mike Wan- And the other thing is, Mike's got this song out now called Michael Michael Perry. Because now Mike apparently is... Uh, it's him and James Franco now just moving from artistic form to artistic form. Mike is now... Uh, he's got a song out. He's got an audio book for a children's thing. What's the next thing, Mike? Painting? What, are you going to sit in a tank? I should think you should sit in a fish tank... Like, uh, 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 what's her face there? Maria, uh, Sharapova. The artist? Abrano, no. Abra, what is it? You know the one who sits at the, in the fish tank? No, that's Tilda Swinton. So, it should be like that. So Mike's got this thing. You can get a, you go to Bandcamp, you can check it out. It's bandcamp.apmike.com. And you can donate money for the song, and you can you can do a dollar as the, the entry point, but you should do more than that. So I told Mike, if somebody drops 50 bucks on you, I'll match it. And then somebody did, so I matched it. And then I get this email back from Mike, basically saying, thanks for being a fan. Because he didn't know who I was. <laughs> I'm gonna, I gotta read this thing, this email from Mike. Like, it's clearly like, like he sends it to everyone who donates. Um. Oh, he mixed it up a little bit for me. Thank you, Tom. Thomas. Thomas, he called me. Your support means a lot to me, Mike. What a half-hearted... And look, I, I, this is what I'll say, Mike. I'm gonna, I'm gonna up the challenge. I dropped fifty bucks on you, right? If somebody dropped a hundred on you, get ready for this, Mike. I'll drop a hundred of my own on it. I'll keep going with this. Yeah. If somebody donates a hundred bucks to Mike, I'll match it for a hundred. That'd be a one fifty for Mike on this song. Look, he didn't even send me a download to the song. Drop fifty bucks on him. He figure I get a get to get a download of it. No, guess he's too busy. I'm telling you, man. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. You got to see. It's like because they take. I picture up in in heaven. God says, "Man, I'm going to cancel the comedians." But don't worry. Dropping a new show on you guys. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. Just like he says, I'm going to give you a taste, another taste of Entourage again with the Entourage movie. But I won't leave you hanging. Here's Ballers. Like God, God is programming the worst television network in, in, in history. He's making sure that people just get their trash. And look, I watched every episode of The Comedians. I'll say this. I think I think there were like 13 episodes of it. It was That was all over the map, man. That show, does, that did not track. But I'll say this. The last two episodes, and I, I see, look, this is where I'll say it. The last two episodes were good. I thought the last two episodes of that show were good because it seemed like they made it like a straight drama. And look, this pains me to say, Billy Crystal in a thing. This guy's not... 
That's one of my least favorite. Talk about making a man. Give me a fraction of what that dude starts. Picture this. Starts off doing comedy. Does a third-rate Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali impression. Starts getting on events with Howard Cosell and Muhammad Ali. So at least with Muhammad Ali. Just because he goes, You look here, Joe Frazier. I'm the greatest. You never seen anyone fight. You dirty rat. You got, no, that's not, that's Jim, Jimmy Cagney. But he's like, he might as well have been that. Is the air working in here, guys? Is it just slow going? Would you mind checking that, Pat? What's that, Mike? You feel a little damp? Oh, choice of words with this guy. He really is like the James Franco of this show. He's doing a song. Next thing you know, he's he's doing a children's book. Next thing, then next thing you know, he'll be like a picture of him with like a explaining to people that like when he looks at a block of marble that it's just like it's it's he sees it's what isn't there is what makes the the statue. <laughs> like that's two years from now, Michael have a beret on and uh, he'll be with one of those paint boards in his hand. And he'll be painting a statue. Like he'll actually like not exactly be in control of his art. He'll be, he'll have a paintbrush and he'll be painting a giant block of marble. That might be the most brilliant thing ever. Has any artist ever done that? Just paint, just do the thing on the wrong form, right? Take a block of marble, you paint it. You take a canvas, you shape it into a statue. I think I might have just reinvented the history of art. How about that? And then Mike could steal it. Michael grab it. As he's wont to do. He puts it in action. I just complain. Mike's a doer. He's out there doing. So anyway, this com- this show the comedians. It's Billy Crystal who does this this Joe Frazier or no, this Muhammad Ali impression. And then he's then he gets on soap. Then soap, then he goes from soap to his own Billy Crystal variety show, which if you listen to his, his audio book, which I listen to, still fooling him, still fooling him, like most arrogant thing ever, still fooling him. Like he doesn't think he's the greatest human who ever walked the earth. He acts like he's just, I'm just a, just a nobody, still fooling him, making him think I'm just a regular. It's like, no, you, you love you more than anyone has ever loved themselves. Still fooling him. Just doing my thing. So he gets this Billy Crystal variety show, and then he blames its failure on what? Oh, that Rock Hudson had a heart attack, so his show got, like, delayed, and then they had to put the Billy Crystal show on real fast. And then, yeah, that's... I love those showbiz excuses. Why don't you just blame it on the hostages? You know. We were doing my variety show, and then all of a sudden... An evil man named the Ayatollah came along and, and he took hostages and my, the real tragedy of that was my variety show did not get the ratings it should have. So he does that. By all rights, he should have been shown the door now, but, but then he somehow ends up co- co- cobbling his way into what? He, 
movies and stuff to where suddenly he's a romantic lead in a movie. That guy. He's a lead in a romantic comedy. That's that thing, man, where you go back in time. You got to stop. They say stop Hitler. I say stop Billy Crystal, then Hitler. Like, that's like one and one A. Sure. Yes, I'm going to go get Hitler. Don't worry. But I just got to take care of this one guy first. Trust me. No, no, no. I'm going to take care of Hitler. I promise you. But before I do Hitler, I'm just going to swing out into the Bronx or wherever Billy Crystal was from. And uh, just going to shove this guy in the Hudson. <laughs> There's a kid I want to push in the Hudson. Um, so then he becomes a movie star and he's got uh, When Harry Met Sally and Forget Paris where he's a NBA ref. And you get him yelling at Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or whatever he was doing. Then he ruined, Then those movies go down the tank because now he's doing things with uh, My Giant. Remember these movies he's doing? <laughs> it's just like... So he ruins that. Then he... Um, then he ends up like on Broadway and like wins a, like a Tony for this 700 Sundays show where it's him talking all about... And in the meantime, he gets to be friends with, like, Mickey Mantle and, all like, his heroes. He's hanging out with, like, Mid the Mick. Ugh. So he's hanging out with these guys. He's got all his heroes in line. Then he becomes, like, a Broadway star. That show, you imagine how much money he made on that show? 700 Sundays. It's him and what? Like, a wire, a headless, a wireless mic? Like, he's doing a seminar out, of, out by the airport? Um, and he's like talking all about like, what, like Whitey Ford and, and then he's like, it's like, it's a show with no overhead, you know, what they do with some slide projection. They play a slide thing of, of, uh, you know, here's Mickey Mantle, a slide of Mickey Mantle. Then, then that happens. Then he, then he ends up, uh. I'm missing something here. What did he do, Mike? He had something else. This rat. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. What's that? Oh, that's the other thing. Then he plays for the Yankee. Like, he gets his fantasy granted where... I went to Yankee training camp, and then they let me have an at-bat. I'll tell you one thing. If 
I was a pitcher and this 60-year-old dude got up to the plate, he would be getting medevaced off the field if I had anything to say about it. He'd be. I would never throw a ball as fast as I could that I have to pitch to the most indignant, the biggest indignity ever. Billy Crystal stepping up to the plate. I get what he's because he's a huge. Oh, you don't realize this guy's a huge fan, huge Yankee fan. I don't care. I'm, I've never thrown a ball as hard as I'm going to throw this one. He's going to. Uh, they call it chin music, and he's going to. I'm going to play a song right now called "Watch Me Hit the Guy from Princess Bride." in the forehead with this baseball. Oh, so he's got this dream. Meanwhile, I'm sweating here. Got Mike and Dudio out there giving each other the evil eye as if it's the Highlander. There can only be one, these guys. You guys are going to have to play nice. Meanwhile, I'm sliding down the ladder here. I'm going to like, you know, like Lloyd. Uh, it's like I was watching Guardians of the Galaxy the other day, and I saw like Lloyd Kaufman, the guy that's trauma, had like a cameo, and he's like, "Get him!" Like he like yelled, and like that guy, like Lloyd Kaufman, the guy who did like tra- trauma films, like Toxic Avenger and all these other movies, and uh, the Sergeant Kabuki Man and. He's like a, it's like he, he shepherded that guy, James Gunn, who directed, uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy along. So now he throws him a bone and puts him in the movie. I, I'm, I think I'm heading for Lloyd Kaufman territory, Mike, where I'm going to end up on some podcast, like a successful podcast, like making a, ca- oh, but Saturday Night Live. That's what I missed. He was on Saturday Night Live. So he ends up on Saturday Night Live. Billy Crystal doing, basically doing a full-on blackface routine. Where how that how did that slip through the cracks? Where we didn't run him into the Atlantic, like just run him through the streets. He just he was such a fan of Sammy Davis Jr. that he went and put on black makeup. You know this thing that just he. Such a huge fan that he decided to continue the tradition of blackface. What a better honor. Is there a greater honor than to, he'll keep alive this, this shame of show business. So look, that said, I watch this comedians. I'm trying to hate, stop hate watching stuff. I don't have time for that. The true low point was there was a day when I, uh, Woke up one morning. This is how, this, this is maybe the low point of my entire life. And there's been some low, trust me, there's been some low points. Like on the day after 9-11 when I ate an entire cheesecake in the Trader Joe's parking lot. That was, that was one of the low points. Uh, me being on the Ferris wheel asking to get off, uh, pretending to be on a cell phone to get off, like, cause I was starting to have, uh, freak out. For being on, I acted like I had an important call coming on. I had to, just had to get off that Ferris wheel. Yeah, I got a call here. What? Hello? Oh, you're here already? Okay, Ferris wheel comes back down. Yeah, I got to get off this thing. I got this call. I got to, my friend's here. 15-year-old operating Ferris wheel looking at me like, A, knowing I'm not into it. 
and of course he sees my face as white as a sheet and B, not caring about the lies. Then there's the Patty Smith incident in the elevator. But the uh, the hate watching, the low point was waking up. Picture this, Mike. I wake up. I get dressed. I drive 10 minutes to the movie theater near my house. I watch a 10 a.m. showing of The Animal starring Rob Schneider. I go home and brush my teeth and take a shower. I literally went to the movies as if I had rolled out of bed in the theater. Like that, that is the, that is maybe the lowest of low points. So, but that was me hate watching. I knew I wasn't going to be like, oh, the animal looks good. Could be good. Deuce Bigelow was pretty good. I wonder if this is, he keeps the streak alive. No, I knew I was going to see something terrible. So I'm trying to get past this hate watching thing. I only reserve it for a couple things now. Uh, the, and the comedians was this Billy Crystal obsession with me is, uh, runs deep. Um, and he did blackface again. No, he didn't do blackface when he did that, that, uh, comic relief thing where he was the jazz man. Which, by the way, is one of the things people ask me about the jazz man. The jazz man and gathering of the juggalos are the two things I get asked. Jazz man, I think, might be in the lead now. Gathering of the Juggalos, every August I, I hear about it again because it's like Christmas when the, what? What do they want to talk about? The Juggalos. Well, who is it? Is his name Jeff? Yeah, that's the guy, he uh, did the Gary the Squirrel single. He's a wrestler now. Yeah. And wrestler, how about that Hulk Hogan, huh? Can we... Who would have, as I said on, I said on Twitter, everyone loved when I said, who would have thought that a wrestler would have turned out to be dumb? Who would have, how could we have ever called a pro wrestler letting us down from an intellectual standpoint? We could have never seen that coming. There's a refrigerator out there. And is the air, is the air working, guys? It's hot in here. It's hotter, hotter than the devil's drawers. Sorry, watch my language. Okay, we getting there? I can feel I I feel it when you open the door, it feels cooler in there. Now Dudio, real quick. Just I ran it down with Pat. Okay. Just so I can You hate Mike. Yeah. Mike hates you. Correct. You like Pat. Okay. You're oh you're okay, you're you're neutral on Pat. Pat likes you. Yes. Um Mike hates Pat. Yes. Pat likes Mike. Yes. Is that the dynamic? That's okay. exactly. Great. Yeah, it's like you're sitting in there with us right now. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure I got that straight. So, so then I watched this, uh, uh, this, uh, comedians, right? And then, uh, and it's, a, it's like, yeah, it's a giant mess. And you got Billy Crystal in it, and he's he's doing things. But then these final two episodes, I'm telling you, there was a speech in this final episode of The Comedians where I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta uh, give him credit on that. That was a touching speech. 
he said this thing about just realizing where you get to in your life and you have a thing. It's like, credit where credit's due, man. I give you credit, Billy Crystal. You did it. You did it, man. You magnificent bastard. And the topic tonight, I don't get it. What we're going to talk about are the things where people, uh, the things you try in your life. I want to understand this. Everybody seems to like it. But you can't. It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Let's go to the phones, then we'll bring uh, Adam Resnick in the studio in a matter of moments. Uh, Best show, you're on the air. Tom. Hi, who's this? This is Mary in Brooklyn. Mary. Tom. Is this Mary? Yes. How are you, Mary? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Do I know you, Mary? Yes, we're Instagram friends. We're Instagram friends? Does your last name begin with an H? Yes. Is the next letter an O? Yes. Keep going. Is the letter after that a U? Yes. Keep going. You're Mary Houlihan. Yes. Right? Yes. You're really funny. Oh, thanks. I think you're super funny. And you're a great painter, too. Oh, get out of here. I'm nothing compared to AP Mike. Well, look, you can maybe, maybe you can start a, maybe it can be like a, a, get a salon going. Yeah. You and AP Mike and Dudio and Pat B and Pat B and God knows who else can be in this. Uh, by the way, Pat Byrne, his show Prove It All Night. He's got this show Prove It All Night. Have you heard about this thing? It's a good show. My it is God, good. I know it's on WFMU, the station I used to be on. Never heard of it. Uh, you never heard of it? Well, you should check it out someday, Mary. Um, Prove It All Night is Pat Burns' show. It's Saturday nights. And this Saturday, 9 p.m. to midnight, he's got a show live. You can come out to watch it over at WFMU's own live space over at uh, Montgomery Street in Jersey City. And his guests this week are going to be Christy Ciello, Nate Fernald. Oh, he's so funny. Fernald. Brett. No, it's Fernald. Fernald, yeah. Yes. Somebody named Brett Davis. I know, right? Dan Licata. And then the music of Sunshine in the Rain. A band, one of my, I love that band. It's uh, uh, Black Hollies, ex-Black Hollies members. So that's you go to that. You go to uh, uh, where can people find out about that, Pat? Where can people get more info on that? It's on Facebook, but Pat doesn't have Facebook. It's on Facebook. Mary said it's on Facebook. So Mary Houlihan... Popular comedian, painter, artist. What's going on? Well, I know you just plugged the show and all, but I really want to plug the show. You plug your show as much as you go ahead. Okay. All right. There's this amazing show. It's just like TV's Playhouse, but with a millennial twist. It's called Cartoon Monsoon. Every Friday at the Annoying Theater at 8 p.m. Except... Uh, well, not anymore. Uh, this week is the closing night, so everyone should go. Cartoon Monsoon. Yes. Friday night. Yes. The Annoyance yes. Theater. Brooklyn, New York. In Brooklyn, New York. Maybe I'll come someday and see <gasps> it. I can't oh, this Friday. I'm busy. <gasps> but I will. I want to see it. I'll see the show sometime. Oh, thank God. 
So what's going on, Mary? Anything going oh, not on? Nothing. Exciting? No, nothing. Is there anything with the topic that you can't get? You've tried to get into it, but you can't approve. It doesn't make sense. What's something like that that just you can't get? Kate Bush. Kate Bush. It doesn't do it for you. Well, I like two of her songs. Her two most popular songs on Spotify. You I like Wuthering Heights, right? You like yes. Wuthering Heights. Yes, and Babushka. And Babushka. Yes. You don't like... You'll be running up that hill, running up that road, running up that mountain. (laughs) I think you'd like that one if you heard that one. And you know what's another good song? Cloud Bursting by Kate Bush. I think you'd like that one, too. All right, all right. I'm going to get with that. Look, if you can't get all the way in, Kate Bush, I see Kate Bush being kind of what is it? It feels too like like uh, theater, theatrical, like a little too like uh, a little too uh, a little too showy. I guess so. Sometimes I wonder if there's like maybe like if I was born in Great Britain, I would understand it. But yes. Maybe there's like a cultural thing. Well, she's huge in Great Britain. Well, Not. I live there. What's that? If only I lived there, I would get her. You would get it. But now you're here, so you get other things that yeah. the people of England can't understand. Like, you understand Chris Gethard. Oh, yeah. He's like our Kate Bush. Exactly. Well, they have such a similar vocal range. Hey, I, I'm going to say Kate Bush might have a little more range on her voice well, than Chris. I've seen Chris do karaoke, though. He's got a good voice. Oh, okay. What's his go-to? I can't remember what he did. I uh my go to now in karaoke uh is uh I like doing uh that song uh I like doing uh, All the Small Things by Blink one eighty two. That's so funny. That gets it's a it's a it's a song you need half of an octave range to do. And that's good because the non and nas that gets a lot of people involved. Gets everybody going, exactly. You get it, Mary. Yeah. Where can people like find you, Mary Houlihan? Well, they can find me on Twitter at Mary Houli, H-O-U-L-I-E. All right. They should do that. Yeah, and go to Cartoon Monsoon this Friday. Go check the show out, yes. I might go see it. One of these Fridays, I'm just going to show up. <gasps> can you believe it? No. Hell, I'll go. What do I got okay. going on? All right. Thanks a lot, Mary. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, you soon. All right, bye. Best show, you're on the air. Hi, uh, Tom. This is Jeff from New Providence. Jeff from New Providence. Do I know this, Jeff? Yes, sir, you do. I do. Is this Jeff Cannonball? (laughs) Yes, it is. Now, you, sir, you were in a band called the Altered Boys. I was. And uh, the Altered Boys uh, uh, did uh, one of the sides of the Gary the Squirrel, two sides of the Squirrel EP, the hardcore side. Yes. Which is still one of the greatest records ever, I feel. It was uh, probably the most fun I ever had recording a record, to be honest with you. That's awesome. <laughs> now, um, you though, Jeff, the yeah. band's not, the band is, is done, yes? Um. Yeah, more or less. I'm sure we'll end up playing at some point. Our singer lives in Washington State now, so mm-hmm. it's stagnant right now. Yeah, so the band's on, on hiatus. But you, yeah. 
You've you're throwing your hat into a different ring. You now I yeah. see these pictures on 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 uh, Instagram. You are a pro wrestler now. Well, not a pro wrestler. You're 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 a wrestler hoping to be yeah. pro. Uh, independent pro wrestler. And where where did this come from? This desire. Um, well, I've been a big wrestling fan ever since I was a young child. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess when I got a little bit older, there was a company out of Philadelphia called ECW. Mm-hmm. And it kind of made uh, being a wrestler seem a little more possible. Uh-huh. And so that was a big inspiration for me. And then, uh, you know, I went through high school, went through college, got my real job and all that. And I still kind of had it in the back of my head. And I kind of just went for it one day. Mm-hmm. Now, who's your who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Of all time? Uh, Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero. Yes. What about uh, Macho Man? Uh, I always love Macho Man, of course. Oh, yeah. When he goes like, <laughs> that one video, I've watched that one video probably 30 times where he's like, nothing means nothing. <laughs> yeah, Not- there's plenty of good Macho Man things out there. Nothing means nothing. Jack Tunney. <laughs> <coughs> WWF Commissioner Jack Tunney. The Macho Man isn't happy. <laughs> nothing means nothing. Maybe the deepest statement anyone's ever said. Nothing means nothing. <laughs> like, if a, if a philosopher said that, nothing means nothing, everybody would still be quoting. If it was, if that was said 150 years ago, people would be like, well, you know, as, uh, I don't even know philosophers, the name to even say one. They feel like as, uh, who's a philosopher, Mike? I don't know, but I think it's, uh, from King Lear. Nothing means, wait, that's King Lear? Isn't that your nickname, King Lear, but L-E-E-R? Mike? What, what if that was your nickname, King Lear? You would not like it. Okay, fair enough. Nothing means nothing. But, like, I wonder if 200 years from now people will be saying, well, you know, this guy, uh, Randy, Randy Savage, said uh, nothing means nothing. In the eternal wisdom of uh, macho man Randy Savage. And the funny thing is, like, I, I blanked. Remember when, when, uh, when uh, uh, Jesse Ventura was elected governor of Minnesota? Sure. That first night, I blanked for about five minutes. I kept picturing Macho Man, Randy. I was like, wait a minute. That guy's the governor of Minnesota? I was just picturing the sunglasses and the cowboy hat. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not. That's not uh, Jesse Ventura. Oh, yeah. You look here, Jack Tunney. Macho Man is in happy. I wonder if uh, him and Hulk Hogan, well, he's no longer with us no macho man would hate this whole hulk hogan thing i mean i would hope so i i like how hulk hogan is like well the president said the n-word and it's like yeah it's a different con different context you dimwit (laughs) it's like he was saying it to make a point about things you were saying it because you were you were just spreading hate when you said your thing but then again Guy's recorded in a bedroom. His weird hate speech sex tape. <laughs> yeah, Hulk Hogan. Who would have thought that that's what you'd think of now when you think of Hulk Hogan? 
when you saw his picture. Oh, yeah, that's the guy with the uh, sex tape that has all that hate speech on it. <laughs> Did he do anything other than that? Oh, well, he's a wrestler for 45 years before that. But uh, now we know him as a guy with a uh, sex tape that's uh, peppered with hate speech. Uh, so you, sir, Jeff, wrestled yeah. at the Gathering of the Juggalos, which was this past weekend. Yes, it was. Because they, uh, they, they have wrestling there. They have three, uh, four nights of wrestling, and I was on the second to last night of wrestling. Okay. And what is the um, name of your character? Uh, Jeff Cannonball. Jeff Cannonball. So that is the name of your character. Yes, it is. And what is the what is the what is the backstory for Jeff Cannonball? Um, it's basically just me, but I yell a lot more. Just being a hyperactive punk character, and uh, I mean, you've met me. I'm a I'm a large large individual, uh, but I do a lot of like kind of flying around, like a lot of more jumping than most fat guys do. Mm-hmm. So that kind of goes with that. Okay. As well. What? <laughs> All right. You you said it. I, yeah, I no, didn't. I didn't say it. So, um, what if I pitched you this character? Look, this Jeff Cannibal character sounds like a straight up winner. I'm not gonna. But what if I pitched you this character? You go on stage. On stage, you go into the ring. Sleeveless denim vest. Bandana tied around your head, right? Okay. Total Jersey, because you're from Jersey, right? Yes. What if you pretend to be a Bruce Springsteen fan who's been frozen in time for the last since night since the Born in the USA tour, and you just got defrosted, and you think it's like '80s wrestling era, like, and you act like it's still the '80s in terms of wrestling stuff and in terms of your love of Bruce Springsteen? Unfortunately, on the uh, independent scene, there are some people who are still stuck in the '80s, so I think it might go over better than you might think. But that's that's you'll be making fun of them too. That's true, and they'll think that's a cool character, man. <laughs> and but meanwhile, you're like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm sending you up. Right. Think about that. I, think I, need, I would need to grow my hair out a little bit for that, though. You pretend? No, you don't need to do a thing. You you just pretend you were stuck in, you got frozen, you fell into like uh, Captain America style, you got frozen and, and you just got defrosted and you're uh, a Bruce Springsteen fan, a Jersey era Springsteen at the peak of his, I remember being outside of a record store when Bruce Springsteen tickets would go on sale and this is when people had to line up for tickets and stuff and I remember you'd go past this uh, thing and there'd be like a line of ticket like people lined up for blocks and i remember being at this one past this one record store and i remember this guy running out and he goes i got four seats i got four seats and he's screaming i got four seats and these were floor seats for giant stadium which means he could still be three quarters of a mile from the stage floor seats it's a football field it's not a floor. I got floor seats. Look, that's my pitch to you, Jeff. I will. Uh, I you will sleep on that. You sleep on that. You sleep on that. So yeah. tell me about. Do so you go to the gathering of the jugglers and you're wrestling at this thing? And is it people smashing like fluorescent light bulbs over each other's heads? Yeah, or? I mean, I do the normal wrestling too, but every once in a while I'll do the more violent one. Um, 
it might not be worth it to everybody, but it does pay a little more money, so I'm open to it. And that's just what they wanted me for. I did. Uh, it was fluorescent light bulbs and big panes of glass. Wait, hold. So you actually did that? You actually smashed a fluorescent light bulb over your head? Uh, yeah. I got slammed on it. I didn't get it smashed over oh. my head though. Oh, I'm sorry. How can you do? Doesn't it hurt? Uh, it doesn't feel good. That's for sure. I've got some cuts that I'm. I've been taken care of now. Just smashing light bulbs over your head. I, like I said, I don't always do it, but every once in a while it'll arise and the money will be right. Well, you know what they say. Red means green. I saw that when John Stossel did an investigative report on wrestling. This one wrestler was like, red means green. I'm yes, telling like you. Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, he said red means green. That means if you bleed, you get paid more. And uh, Unfortunately, it's true. So what was it like being there at the gathering of the Juggalos with all those people in one place well, listening to me, great bands like Cottonmouth <laughs> Kings and Twisted? And, I, I was there the day Twisted played, and I didn't realize that it was a big deal because they haven't played the gathering in years. But um, I didn't get to watch them, unfortunately, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, call time for me was 9 p.m., okay. but I showed up at 3.30 p.m. because I needed to kind of just take the experience. Mm-hmm. And one of the first guys I walked by after getting through a line of tents that just offered every drug from Vicodin to acid, mm-hmm. uh, one of the first people I walked by, he's got his hand covered in soda. And on his soda-covered hand, there's a ton of bees. And so I double-take, like anybody would, I would assume. And he just looks at me and shrugs and goes, you know, man, bees are juggalos too. And at that bees moment, I realized... <laughs> when a guy says to you, bees are juggalos too, then you say what? You say... Uh, I, I kept walking, but I was just... That's when it hit me that, you know, this isn't going to be a normal day. Mm-hmm. Who were... Who, yeah, that's... that's <laughs> putting it mildly. Who were the... Who was, like, the old-timey act? Because sometimes they have, like, people from, like, the, the, the like old-school artists. Did, did they have anybody at that this time at the gathering of the juggalos? Uh... The day I was there, the only like, ones that I remember were Twisted, mm-hmm. and that was a big deal of the day, and uh, a band called Mushroom Head. Mushroom Head. looked like a low-rent slipknot. If that's a low-rent slipknot. Yeah. That means you're not paying your rent. If you're a low-rent <laughs> slipknot, that means you are ducking your, your landlord. It, it looked like they probably have once or twice in their time. Can you imagine? A low-rent Slipknot. <laughs> Who do you think my favorite member of Slipknot is? I'll tell you. Four. <laughs> Who do you think my least favorite is? I'm going to tell you. Six. <laughs> I'm going to rank the members of Slipknot now. Four, two, one, five, seven, nine, eight, six. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. 
Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and Beaches Vacation.com. It's funny because it's like those numbers, that's also for Slipknot fans, they might think that's like their prison number. Oh. The, you know. Were there a lot of ankle bracelets at the Gathering of the Juggalos? A lot of. Uh, I heard it's so the, crowded there because half the people are parole officers at the thing <laughs> and half are audience members. Uh, of everybody there, I only saw three cops throughout the day, Ugh. but I don't know why they were there because I also saw plenty of drug deals going down right in front of them. Yeah. Uh, public intoxication, obviously, and nudity. Right, drug bridge? Drug bridge? Uh, I've learned that that was at the last location. They've changed locations yeah. now. Where's it now? International uh, Waters? It's in... <laughs> you imagine? In... Juggalos out in International Waters? We're out on an aircraft carrier. They're out on like some abandoned oil rig in the middle of nowhere. You have to like row out your boat to it, right? I mean, after seeing what I saw, I, I, I feel like that could be happening in the near future. I can't believe it, man. It All the, 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 look, look, more power. God bless these fans because they don't seem to be uh, fighting each other and turn it in. You see, you saw three cops the whole time you were there. But everybody seems to be respecting the event, yeah, um, and not getting stupid with it beyond a point. I'm sure, look, they're getting right. stupid with it the second they uh, click click send on the ticket purchase. <laughs> they're getting stupid with it, but they're not getting stupid with it in terms of uh, they're hurting each other. So I, I, right. I give them I, I give those fans credit. For yeah, as, as trashy as some things were, I got to be honest. Everybody seemed real nice. At one point, I couldn't find the wrestling stage was mm-hmm. when I first got there, and mm-hmm. I was by myself. And I guess mm-hmm. a guy noticed that I was kind of confused looking around. And he asked where I was going. I told him, he goes, here, I'll walk you there. And he walked me across the entire field because that's how lost I was and mm-hmm. brought me there and then that's gave nice. me a map of the fairgrounds. So I, I got to say that they are they were extremely nice. Well, that's, that's awesome. You know what? It's like this, this is how it breaks down there. One-third of the people there are – no, one-quarter of the people there are performing. Because there's 800 acts at the thing. One quarter of the people are concert attendees. One quarter of the people are the concert attendees' parole officers. And that final quarter is made up of uh, people covering the Gathering of the Juggalos, ironically, for their for their blog or website or whatever. And uh, And the only other one would be Nathan Rabin, would be the only... He's an outlier for all four of those. <laughs> well, Jeff, I appreciate the call. I'm glad you're okay. Stay safe. Thank you very much. And consider that wrestling character, the Bruce Springsteen fan, frozen in, in uh, time. I'll pitch it to some bosses this weekend. Okay. You take Have care. Thanks, night. buddy. Bye. My friends, I want to tell you all about... Uh, uh, what do I want to tell you all about? Well, sit back. And listen to what I'm going to tell you all about, my friends. Sleep. How important is sleep? It's so important. 
And today's sponsor for the best show is Casper Mattresses. Uh, Casper Mattresses, what are they? Well, I'm going to tell you. Casper Mattresses, they're, they're obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. And now you can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash bestshow and using code bestshow. Yeah, sleep, super important. You spend a third of your life sleeping, so you make sure you do it on a good mattress, not some uh, the, the thing where it feels like rocks and, uh, and uh, the towels rolled up under a sheet. Can't get a good night's sleep, you spend the rest of your day miserable. Casper uh, Mattresses brings together two comfy technologies for better nights and brighter days, latex foam and memory foam. They've got just the right sink, just the right bounce, no matter how you sleep. They've got a risk-free trial and return policy. They deliver the mattress straight to you. You can try it for a 100 days. How about that? A 100 days you can try this mattress out for. And if you're not happy, they pick the mattress back up. You go to the store, maybe you try a mattress for a minute, you feel self-conscious laying on a thing in the middle of a store. Casper, you get to sleep on it in your actual house. It's 500 bucks for a twin-size mattress and $950 for a king-size mattress. Compare that to industry averages, and that is an outstanding price. And you get $50 toward any mattress purchase. You go to casper.com slash bestshow and use the offer code bestshow. Terms and conditions apply. Casper mattresses thank you to them for bringing today's show to you and i want you all to know sharpling and worcester are playing live west coast touring seattle portland san francisco and los angeles the dates are up at stereolaughs.com you go to stereolaughs.com slash tour and that's laughs l-a-f-f-s Thursday, August 27th in Seattle at Numo's. Saturday, August 29th in Portland at Doug Fur. Thursday, September 3rd in San Francisco, the Great American Music Hall. And Saturday, September 5th, Los Angeles at the LRA Theater. And I'm telling you, a couple of these shows are very close to selling out. You do not want to miss your tickets because when they're gone, they're gone. And we are not, I'm not going to let anybody in. I don't want to hear any sob stories. You couldn't get in. Stereolaughs.com slash tour. Is Adam Resnick here? Yes. Would you come in, sir, please? If you don't mind. Remember, bees are juggalos, too. <laughs> Speaking of the, uh, fra- he, uh, another person fresh from the gathering of the juggalos, we have Adam Resnick here. The, uh, <laughs> that, that throat clearer was. Sorry. That's all right. Do you need something to drink? I you want to keep going. I we have a refrigerator. Fire, as always. Well, well thanks. So nice of you. Oh, you know, it. I had a water and I forgot to bring it in. Okay. Mike, okay. can you tell Dudio to tell Pat to bring hey, Adam's water in? I, I can get my own water. Do you want to go out and get it? No, they'll, they'll, somebody will help. Okay. You. And I'm, this is shorty now still. It is? Yeah. Okay. We'll get it. I'll right. hold on. I'll, yeah. Okay. That's okay. I mean, There's I another pair of headphones here. We'll, we'll, we'll. It's already breaking down. Stuff's already breaking down. Pat's not out there. Thank you, sir. Oh, boy. Fresh one and the old one. Boy. Yeah, I've had this, you know, where your your headphones go bad. You can't do it. You can't fix it. Unfixable. I'll try. I'll try. If you, I can hold on to it and try to, like, Yeah, but it doesn't stay. Yeah. 
It's already breaking down. That took a blow. Might this, as well just, took a, this, this took a blow. Might as well just someone, yeah. someone hurt this one. Set this whole uh, place alight, right? Set yeah. it alight. No, it's scary. And the best show. What do you, you think? Yeah, what? Oh, hell yeah, let me try that. Everybody, you gotta know. Do you, you're asking, is, uh, there's a few of you saying to yourself, who, who is Adam Resnick? Well, I'm gonna tell you. This guy, he, he wrote a book, uh, came out last year called Will, Will Not Attend. And it's, uh, one of the funniest books I've ever read. It's, uh, stories from his life. And he also, uh, wrote on the, uh, Late night with David Letterman and uh Good Bill Wendell. Saturday Night Live. Right, you wrote on Saturday Night Live Night for like two days. Yeah. For two days. <laughs> it was very short. Yeah. Were they good days? No, actually there was a it was a it was a bad season, I think. Making copies? Yeah, that's good. That's perfect. Awesome. Here's here's this one. Thank you. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Dudio. No problem. I tell you. What do you think of that, Mike? Dudio fix the headphones. Cans are a little hot, Tom. Cans are a little hot. Yeah. Which channel's this, Dudio? Um, three? Yeah, just go ahead and bring two and three down. Just be safe. Okay. Perfect. Is that good? That's perfect. Thank All you. right. You know, when I was walking in, I, I thank you. I don't know the context, but uh, you were. I just, you have to tell me. You were saying something about the writers' room for the Flintstones, or something. <laughs> I was trying to picture what that would be like. <laughs> the like picture like boards and yeah, them trying to break a Flintstone story. Like, yeah, right. They must have been doing two a day, though, right? Just like that's – and Wilma gets a little elephant vacuum cleaner. Well, well they had the, the Bible from the Honeymooners and just said, oh, well, let's do the one where, you know, that's all it was. And they're just like – and, and then when the that – when that yeah, when that hit rock bottom and they brought in that Martian, you know. And that was like, Gazoo. Yeah. No pun intended, rock bottom, right? <laughs> that was no pun intended. Very good, yeah. Rock bottom. He could have been a character on the Flintstones, rock bottom. Produced by Steven Spielrock. Remember that? Was that the movie? Yeah. Oh, can you imagine that movie? Yeah, I've like, seen some. I've seen some of the sequels. I think was there two? Viva Rock three? Vegas. Yeah, yeah, there was right. Viva Rock Vegas. Right. Where like John Goodman, they were just like, uh, where he's just like, nah, I'm not doing this one. <laughs> Actually, who was the guy that was Friday? There was a guy, but I don't know who that was. Who did? I think it was like, uh, was it uh, one of the Baldwin's? Was Barney? Yeah. I th- was it the guy from D- David Thewlis? Was that who it was, Mike? No, I'm kidding. Was Michael Chiklis? From- Michael Chiklis? He'd be a good Fred Flintstone, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. John Goodman was in the first one. Then they kept making them, and John Goodman was just like, yeah, I'm going to stop being in these now. The first one before it was, you know, it went through, I can remember there was a period where you'd hear a lot about it. You know, there had been, you know, went through another draft and went to another writer. It was like the hottest thing in town was the Flintstone script. To get on board. To get on board. Because Spielberg was involved with it. And, and, uh, yeah, so that's what they got. Yeah, you get to punch up. I came up with a scene where uh, Barney, uh, oh, can you imagine somebody like bragging? Yeah, I worked on the. That's me up there. That's my thing. <laughs> Barney's got a, uh, a, he made his own bowling ball with the birds. <laughs> yeah, or, but imagine them there, and also they're, they're squirreled away with their, their stack of, uh, Flintstone VHS tapes watching the episodes <laughs> to, you know, get the inspiration. Yeah, like, with a pad. Yeah. Scribbling frantically. Yeah. What if we have, uh, what if we have Bam Bam, uh, do a, should we save Bam Bam for the sequel? I mean, should Bam Bam, <laughs> Do we want to do, do we want to cash that chip yet? Right, yeah. 
Bam Bam might be good. That might be a good. Uh, I make a good plot point for the sequel. <laughs> like maybe you guys should not hold back now yeah. on what the Flintstones movie should be. Yeah, and those birds, those animals. It's yeah, a living. It, right? It's a living. All you're right, right. It's a living. I never get tired birds, of that. Right? Yeah. The birds. The birds. Right? It's a living. Yeah, and there was something that the, what was the vacuum cleaner? That was something. It's like a woolly mammoth. Yes. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, your point, your right. purpose is you just eat dirt all the time. <laughs> yeah. This woman's going to just kick you <laughs> and yeah. you eat dirt just with your, with your, with your uh, trunk. Just suck up any <laughs> dirt in the house. Oh, I, hey, I don't eat dirt. That's not, uh, I kind of don't live on dirt. I'm like, an animal, like, right. consuming yeah. dirt is really bad for me. <laughs> and, then what, and in the that's end, okay. they just throw it in the closet, and that's it. Was there food in the closet for the vacuum cleaner? <laughs> I, don't or is, I, don't know. I, I don't think we ever saw anyone eat any of the appliances, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I never oh. knew when I was a kid what that, that thing was on, uh, in the, is it the ending or the opening credits where they pull into the drive through Now I know it's ribs, but I never knew what the hell that was, the thing look, that knocks the car over. Yeah. Yeah. Look, uncooked. Yeah, uncooked. Right? Yeah, well, he was an animal. He was a caveman. And that's the other thing. Yeah. He was a caveman. Yeah. He's driving his car. It's, it, the whole thing doesn't yeah, make sense. Does, yeah. The whole thing is not Donald very Trump good. would say it was a disaster. <laughs> the Flintstones is a total disaster. <laughs> like, like him just reviewing it. The show's stupid. By the way, what happened since the the ride over here? Since I took the path train over, what's the latest with Donald Trump? What did he, what did he do in the last twenty minutes? Did anything happen yeah, today? Yeah. I didn't know did anything so happen. We're we're all in. Uh, there's a little bit of Hulk Hogan crisis here. Yes, I I know that. Yeah, he was because uh, Mike Mike doesn't want me to say it. Mike's a huge Hulkamania. Oh no, really? I know. Mike was a huge. Do you ever see the commercial for the Hulk Hogan thing? The pasta. He opened like in the Mall of America, like no. Hulk Hogan's pasta, <laughs> and it was like was a... pasta mania. And he and then he's doing this thing. He's just like, all you kids out there, you got to realize my pasta maniacs. I'm looking lean and mean because I'm eating this pasta. It's like, yeah, that's that's always the first food you go to when you want to <laughs> yeah. slim right, down. Yeah, right, that, yeah. Start yeah. <laughs> start just. Pounding bowls of pasta. Well, yeah, that's a that's a that's just a tried and true weight loss right. measure. Yeah. Well, just, maybe he was appealing to the runners, the kids that were marathon. There were runners no runners in his audience. Like carving up or yeah. something. No, they're sitting eating a bowl of pasta, watching him wrestle. <laughs> I'm leading me from all this pasta. Right. I'm eating. Was this a canned pasta? You know, like <laughs> it, a, it was. Um, Chef Boyardee variety type of pasta. But, but it was like he had like his like Hulk Hogan, like the mall. I mean, have you ever been to the Mall of America? No, I haven't. I've never, it's like, I've never been there. It's what, in Minnesota? Yeah. Right? That's and, it's, and it's like, oh, it's got all these things in. It's got a Ferris wheel and a roller coaster or whatever. It's just like, yeah. Just seems like a garbage heap. And also, what I'm trying to figure what they, a mall that large. What do they come up with that isn't just in like Garden State Plaza? They're all the stores are there, but what are the what are the add-ons? Yeah. I don't understand what it is. Like how you know? Uh, yeah. I can't imagine what could it possibly be. You tell me. I can't go out to to uh, Nyack. Nyack, right? Mall. Yeah, there's everything at there's Nyack. The Nyack Mall. That that food court is amazing. With the, it's got a Ferris wheel in it. Ferris wheel in yeah. it. Joe's Stone Crab House. I think. Do you know who? It? You know who ate at that that uh, 
food court every day for years? No. Jason Walloner. Oh, really? Was he from this area? He was from the, around there, and he worked near there, and he ate there every day. <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you, I could almost do that. There's an IHOP in there now, too. There's a lot of stuff in that in that okay. food court. I'm sorry. And uh, there was that place called Stir Crazy, which just, mm-hmm. which just went out. Was it like walks? Food? Yeah, walks. Like yeah, yeah. Good, yeah, yeah. He, um, it's so funny that Jason, Jason ate at Fat Burger every day, and then they gave him like a, a shirt, like, and then he was just it, like, yeah. In L.A.? No, the one in Nyack. Like he ate oh, it. Was there a fat burger? There was a fat burger yeah. there, and then they it's funny. Came, <laughs> they gave him a shirt, and he was just. I think that's that was like the inciting moment when he was like. I need to change some things here in my life. Yeah, that that happens to me in uh, in at subway places where I end up going too much, and they start calling me boss and stuff. <laughs> then I know I'm in trouble. Because you like subway a lot, right? I, I mean, I don't. It's not like I I, I think it's the greatest thing. It's just easy, and mm-hmm. uh, it actually is pretty good. I, and for a while there, I was getting it every single day, mm-hmm. and those and, and those guys always recognized me. And the one time, then I I was going to this one where I was running this office, and and. Uh, I changed offices and hadn't been there in like a year and a half. And I walked oh. in. I said, "They walked in, boss. Where you been?" And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I all the people that come in that place, yeah. you know. Where have I been? Saying, well, yeah. there's one of these every three blocks. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it was at yeah. one of the. No offense to your subway. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was at a different subway. <laughs> it's like, like you're just like, no, we need to go four miles to that subway over there. That's the best subway. And then. There was this commercial, like, where the guy's, like, trying to say, like, hey, you know, we can make the Subway sandwiches, like, we could give them some flavor. Is that, like, a complaint that they're flavorless? (laughs) Like, there was, like, a commercial, like, actively addressing the idea, like, hey, we can add some flavor to your sandwich. (laughs) Like, I didn't know that was a... A a thing. A problem that they've been having. I thought the whole thing was that the the bread, the bread, you can smell it, like, it smells like... uh, like it smells like industrial, yeah. Bread and or and, and when that stuff, if you if you dine in at the mm-hmm. subway, you yeah. know, as I've done plenty of times, yeah. that bread once it attaches to your, the fabric to your clothing, it, uh-huh. it, that's it. The rest of the day, you're in the subway. That you're in a subway, no matter where you are. It smells like subway just from that for their fresh baked bread. <laughs> so. It just gets it gets into your pores. It gets into the and in, in, into you know your mm-hmm. clothes. It's just so done. it's it's like. Um, it's like uh, it's like the uh, the new version of smoking is like a subway. second hand yeah oh, a second you get that second hand bread yeah you, know, you got some smell, second, you, yeah. yeah you got yeah. second hand subway yeah on you it's worse in the city and they're really dirty in the city but like when I go to Pennsylvania uh-huh. you know you could eat off the floor and it's like my mom is behind the counter it's like uh-huh. hi hun what do you want everything uh-huh. is so civil and and clean, but in, in the city, you, you take your life into your own hands when you go into those places. They're just, but I try to ignore it, you know? That's, uh-huh. yeah, the, uh, I don't know, I lost the taste for Subway at some point and I never got it back. Well, did you ever, did you ever, do they have pot bellies here in Jersey? They do That's have another a Subway, but that, that, that place is bad. I never got into, uh, Quiznos, never understood it, never understood how to order there. Very confusing. Was is that your place, Tom? Quiz, I was a Quiznos. There was I, I don't a, know how to order. I don't know there, what it is. It's, I don't know what that is. After the one hurricane, after Hurricane Sandy, mm-hmm. the only thing open in this one like stretch of like 30 miles was this one Quiznos was like open and it, the line was out the door and I was just like, I'm like, I'm going to go to Quiznos and get, it was like grapes of wrath. <laughs> Everybody's at Quiznos. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. And then there was a guy in front of me. Who's like ordering his sandwich, and if I remember correctly, he was like, everybody's just like, 
yeah, this place this is the only place open in for miles. Just order something and be thankful that you got a sandwich <laughs> right. and get out. And this guy was acting like it was any other day. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, uh, yeah, can I get extra lettuce on that? They're like, well, you know, we're, we're the lettuce. And he's like, oh, like, oh, can you, like, it's like, hey, uh, there's trees everywhere. Every All the trees are uprooted because the hurricane came. There's no power anywhere. And you're acting like it's a normal day. It's like you're just a Quiznos Indig, can you believe the service at this Quiznos? They don't. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, so you're a subway man. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. I well, maybe, maybe okay. with this whole Jared thing, you could slide in there as like the new guy, right? I thought about that. Adam Resnick I mean, for subway. You know what's interesting? Uh, I look a little bit like him. I think. I think there's something that's what frightens me, just a tiny bit that bothers me. You know, when he lost weight, I thought, well, then now he looks a little bit like me. But Jared, there's that. He's no laughing matter. This, but by the way, did that? Uh, is that is that deal done yet? I'm I, following I, the latest. I mean, I tuned out on the whole Jared thing. Looks like a duck. Walks like a duck. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't bear on the actual no. sandwiches like that. No, allegedly, no, no, not. no, no. I don't. It's the he's the furthest thing from my mind. Thank God when I eat <laughs> the sandwiches. Although I did, uh-huh. I stole from the. Uh, there was a, one of those little, uh, sort of like pyramid shaped cards that fold under. You know, they later will say something like, you know, get a you know twenty four ounce Coke with it. Those cardboard uh-huh. things that's in. But there was one a couple of years ago. It was something he had some connection to uh, Sharknado. I think the second one. And it was like you know, it was like you know, uh-huh. enjoying Jared for the premiere of Sharknado. And I grabbed that, and I don't know what happened to it. I, it's one of those things. I'm too old for crap like this. What am I going to do with it? You know, really, am I going to really put it somewhere? I don't, yeah, yeah. Sharknado. Yeah, there was a subway tie-in for Sharknado. Oh. See, I don't get. We were talking about I don't get. It. We're going to talk about that throughout. Yeah, the show. I think that's cool. That I like that because, like Sharknado, it's like manufactured garbage. Like they're just like we know this is terrible. Well, it's trying to be funny, right? Sort of yeah. the way I guess like snakes on a plane didn't start off trying to be funny; it became a joke, I guess, yeah. right? And so yeah. I think, yeah, it's riffing off of that snakes. But on it's plane. so, it's so. I never seen it. I've never artificial seen it. in the way that I I wouldn't be able to like enjoy. Like how you see how bad it was? It's like yeah, they know it's bad. They put, they actively put yeah. Jared from Subway in one of the things. Like he's acting in it. Oh, oh, he's in it. <laughs> I think he acted in it. Yeah. Right? Did you see it, Mike? No, I haven't seen it, but that sounds. Oh, Mike is so. That's he's off the. The Mike wheels, checked the out. He's are... not listening. He, he's, I made him hungry for Subway. He's sneaking out. <laughs> he's gonna go to Subway. You Mike Subway? Blimpies. Mike's a Blimpies? Oh, uh, yeah. I used to like Blimpies, but there were the one that I used to go to. It was on Eighth Avenue. It was uh, mm-hmm. it's really dirty, so I, I had to stop. But it was it, I, for a while. I, yeah, I enjoyed it for a long time. Hoboken had the first. The first Blimpies was in Hoboken, and the sign out front said Blimpies Base One. Oh wow! Yes, <laughs> it was like you know you come in this Blimpies. This is like the cradle of civilization. <laughs> As far as sandwiches go, <laughs> that's uh, that's right. That's where it all. That's where it all. That's the Darwin was in there. And, uh... Now, Adam Resnick, you, mm-hmm. your book will not attend. Will not attend. It came out last year in hardcover. Right. What if someone is just like? Not into hardcovers. Like, what, what are they just out of, are they just out of luck? Or as Mike would say, SOL? 
I what what's that? That's uh it's blank out of luck. Oh oh, I get you. Yes. Uh, uh, um, no, I think you'll still. I think there's still plenty of those around for okay. people that want those. Let's call them collectors' items. Okay. Joe Franklin, you know, claimed to have uh, invented that phrase, collectors' <laughs> item. That's the, that's the truth. He took claim to that, and I can't. And he might be right. I don't know. You might as well take credit for something that's unprovable <laughs> like that. That's right. And no one no one cares about. It's nothing <laughs> yeah. to brag about, really. Because yeah. you told that, and yeah. I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah, but good I tried to do the math on that thing. Well, wasn't he doing? He was like the the sort of the. Uh, the uh you know the the sandwich boy during the make believe ballroom and then he got the job there spinning records so that would have been around what forty nine and then I don't think he would have heard collector's item and then I'll stick it to the fifties he gets his own little radio show maybe possibly it's yeah. starting to line up you know yeah. date wise the vintage of that term but it's a collector's item yeah because he had his uh... everything he had of course was a collector's item so he it was part of his. well wasn't his office like notoriously like. Just like headshots everywhere. Yeah, Wasn't I was. I, to... I went in there when I first uh, came to New York. That I, I I wanted to go see Joe Franklin just to see what that was like. And I was in uh-huh. there. And, you know, he was. Yeah, he's. Yeah, and he's interesting guy. He's got headshots of uh, magicians of, and. You know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then it's like then he can say, I had these famous people on, and I like he can be. The, I had the first. It's like. Yeah, you had 80 million people. It's just like at some point you're going to trip over someone. Yeah, well, I know, well he always says this. You know, I was the first one. And this, I, I don't know. Uh, the Springsteen one I still think is unprovable, what he used to say. That is, I, he, you know, he would always bring up in conversation, uh, you know, I, Bruce Springsteen I had first, Barbara Streisand, blah, blah, blah. You know, they they, they get big. They, they, they don't want to come back. I, I, I think that it reminds them of the days when they were struggling. That's why they don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I'm unsure that I got to see this the Springsteen on Joe Franklin show, but he did claim that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Springs like what did he do? Mary Queen of Arkansas, probably. <laughs> do you remember when Jay Giles did it? You know, they made a whole show around it. It was a big. Do you remember that around Joe being on? Well, Joe you no, know, it was when they were they'd finally. It was their first number one with a centerfold or whatever. Yeah. The other one mm-hmm. for that album and. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they came on the show. They basically they they said that you know you know when Peter Wolf, the, the, your hero, would be like, yeah, Joe, and we were on the road. This is my Peter Wolf. Uh-huh. Uh, we used to always talk about the day we have a number one. You know, we're going on Joe Franklin because we used to be up. You know, we'd be at motels late at night and watch mm-hmm. your show. And so uh, they sort of took over the whole show. But it was during the week that they were, I guess, in Madison Square Garden. They had a number one record. Everyone wanted Jay Giles on their show, and they so they said we're only doing Joe Franklin. So they did the uh-huh. entire Joe Franklin show. But it's uh. It's actually not that funny when you watch the show itself, but it's uh, – he had no idea who they were. He just would be yeah. like, tell me again. Why? Why did you, you pick me? Why, why, why are you just doing my show? you yeah. never heard of them yeah. the day before, I think. <laughs> just, are you making fun of me? Is this – Yeah, that, that was always a big thing. Yeah, he didn't like Billy Crystal, your 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 friend Billy Crystal. That was hey, that really funny. offended him. Anyone that, that imitated him, he didn't. How could you not like – well, I could answered my own question before I started – if you're famous enough, if you, if somebody's doing an impression of you, that's a compliment, I think. Look, I got people, nobody does impressions of me here, right? You ever hear a good impression of me, Mike? No. I'm going to open the door to that. Anybody ever does an impression of me, I want to hear it. That's, it would be like someone doing an impression of Rich Little. What would that sound like? An impression? That Rich Little's yeah. regular voice is a little bit... To the, I guess a little bit off from Johnny Carson is uh-huh. his regular voice. Yeah. Don't you think that's the rich little nah. when he would be? Uh, remember when he was on the Late Show? Yeah, the, the Late Shift. Yeah, yeah, the Late Shift. Yeah. It was like, uh, it's like, uh, 
the guy playing Letterman was like with that he had that orange wig on his head. Yeah, uh, Michael <laughs> yeah. Clark Duncan. Yeah, da- da- yeah I think that's no, no, no. That's that's the guy from uh, Green Miles or whatever. Okay. No, no. I I, I know the guy. That yeah. other guy. That guy's kind of funny. I forget. I've seen him and stuff. Yeah, but he, yeah. But he did that. Yeah, and Run then he was like, he was like, uh, supposedly at his like house, and he's like throwing. Saw like baseballs, yeah, at, like a, at, a, a, giant, at a giant like, like archery, archery thing, yeah, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's the scene. I think he also had like on like a shirt, like yours. What are, what's mm-hmm. that called? Are those those are uh, polo shirts? Like, polo shirt, polo yeah. shirt with like a with like a, a V neck, mm-hmm. you know, sweater over that. But it, uh-huh. it, it you know, it was like uh, no arms on it or something. It's crazy looking. But then he called Letterman. He was just like, uh, or, or letter. He called Carson, and he's like. Uh, well, what should I do? I really want the Tonight Show. And then Rich Little played Johnny Carson in this uh, TV movie about the whole Leno Letterman fight. He's like, uh, I would say, uh, like he was just like, he was like Rich Little in full, like, like he kind of lost the compass for his Johnny Carson impression at that well, yeah. point. Well, don't you think it was a fascinating uh, choice because that was Betty Thomas, I think, who directed that. Yeah. So, um. I'm sure there's a lot of discussion about it, and they mm-hmm. thought, well, you know, he can do the voice without a doubt. The thing is, he can't act, so he's trying. His performance <laughs> is him trying to push down that Vegasy Johnny Carson thing that he does. Yeah. I, I would love to hear her directing him. You know, yeah. he doesn't know the meaning of bringing it. Down. Just, it's just trying to say, just <laughs> yeah, play yeah. it real, just like you're yeah. Johnny Carson, just yeah. having a normal conversation. Yeah. I can't do it. He, he just can't not be huge. <laughs> no, I would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say. Uh, you know, shut off. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah. uh, what, what should I do, Johnny? I don't know what to do. No, I would say, uh, you know, <laughs> like, we can, like, what, what was, Rich, uh, yeah. we can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> no, I would say, uh, take the, uh, leave. <laughs> like, I think he's doing his John Wayne. I think it slid into his, you're doing your John Wayne now, Rich. Now, Adam Resnick, your book, the hardcover book of Will Not Attend. Yeah. There, there is a paperback, though. Yeah. Is yeah, it out? It to, yeah. It came out today. Actually. Today? Yeah. The paperback for Will Not Attend. One of the funniest books, if not the funniest book, I've ever read. You're so sweet. So many great stories. I'm telling you, you read this thing and you just laugh and laugh and laugh. There's, it's, it's a classic. It's a classic book. Classic, and I cannot give it the high a higher recommendation than to say, everybody hearing this, if you like this show, you will love this book. If you hate this show, you will love this book. And there's it's so good, and it's all these stories from your life. And when you went and wrote this book, mm-hmm. you these were all stories you did you know these stories would make a good book throughout your life or was, or was there just a point where you were like okay i'm going to write a book what stories should be in the book yeah it sort of came it was that you know the 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 obvious ones i sort of scribbled down right away just the ideas the stories i knew i were going to tell and then the other uh, it, it came pretty easy mm-hmm. and then there was there's even some other ones beyond that that i didn't put in the book cuz i thought it had already had the right amount and mm-hmm. uh, i wanted to uh get out early yeah, well, it's great. The story about the piano is so funny. Booker, Booker, and these stories these are not uh, these are not uh, these these are exclusive. You're not going to suddenly there's not going to be like a Booker uh, sitcom. <laughs> no, but that it's interesting because that well, 
uh, no, there were, when the book came out, there was a, a television. Uh, there were some people who were interested. I don't want to say anything, but, but I never wanted. Yeah. You know, that was one thing about you know when I wrote it, the the great feeling was that it wouldn't didn't have to be anything else, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't. You know, I just wouldn't do that if it was gonna. It would have to be the greatest thing in the world. You know, like sure. the greatest people mm-hmm. directing it, the greatest people cast everything that would. Yeah. You know, but and that ain't gonna happen. So yeah. it doesn't have to be. I like it just being a book. It doesn't yeah. have to be anything else. Why does I, why does everything have to be? You know. Uh, a gateway, yeah, exactly. Right. Like as if that's the 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 yeah. top of the mountain. Yeah, is a, turning your thing into a TV show. No, yeah. it's great. It's it's such a funny book. Everybody that's should nice read. Will not attend. Thanks, Tom. Um, this episode is brought to you by ABC. Station Nineteen is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. We're talking about wrestlers Let's go. Uh, Let's go. Let's go, man. Because you grew up in Harrisburg. Harrisburg. And yeah, we used to go to the Zembo Mosque and 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 see the WWF in those days. So who did you see as a kid? Well, of course, Andre was always there. Gorilla mm-hmm. Monsoon, um, Tiger Chung Lee, and George is, Animal Steel. This is you and your brothers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my yeah, my my younger brothers were really into it. They were obsessed. I, I, I uh, and it was. You know, that's when it was a different, you know, that's when there was like always like a, this, this old coot in the front row that kind of believed it, you know, and, uh, um, uh, yeah. And that, by the way, I'm not saying this to be funny, I'm just adding the color, but this old coot happened to be a Holocaust survivor, you know, had like a, uh, but he was, but he was, uh-huh. <laughs> he could still laugh a little, but uh-huh. it was just added to the, uh-huh. to the flavor of the, uh, what he was. And I forget what he was like, yeah, yeah. oh man, Mr. Goldstein's going nuts. He's, uh, he's, but he's, he's wiping the salt off the red that Tiger Chung Lee put down to, to blind the guy. He would then, <laughs> Mr. Goldstein would run up and rub the salt off the ring and like, you know, you, you stop doing, you don't to put the salt to put in his eye, you know, and it was, that's, but, um, and it's just like, it was, they were doing a show here. They were doing a show at the Zembo. Like, it was so, yeah, it was, my, my younger brothers, I don't know, they were, probably when they were around 15, they'd be so excited. They'd sneak my mother's car out just to go. They'd skip school that day and go hang out at the Zembo by, yeah, at about 10 or 11 just to watch them, you know, unload the ring. And then they would go find the wrestlers <laughs> at the, at the couple of motels they knew they stayed at. So they would like go bother Sergeant Slaughter. They, they paint this funny picture. Sergeant Slaughter, it was a sunny day, was sitting outside on like a little, uh, you know, lawn chair and there's a little table there and he was like paying his bills writing his checks out <laughs> and then they would then they would follow them to the there was a uh, this this restaurant on route 22 called Acres, and that was the place 
place the wrestlers always went after the matches uh-huh. till my brothers found out and, and all their friends and my brothers would try to just drive these guys nuts and <laughs> sit down with them at the table and they'd be you know like you know uh, hey Sarge can I can I have you know can I have your bread and you know he blew up them take the bread take my meal my meal take my drink take everything just take it all how, how do you like that just take it all <laughs> drove these guys nuts. Uh, I mean, it was, so it's just these kids yeah. who cracked the code for where when these guys are in Harrisburg. They they knew every move. They I remember being with them in the car, the one my one brother was their twins was behind the wheel and they, they chased down and one goes after the match and it was uh, uh Rowdy, Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine. I forget and it was one of the, it was this classic thing and someone else like the good guy and the bad guy was in the same car they're going this is when they drove on to the next town. This is when uh-huh. they it was really tough miles they put mm-hmm. on you know between town between and, towns and uh and so they I, would just be followed like, them like crazy and they finally pulled over in a gas station and valentine got out and he's all he's almost he just had like his little short shorts and some <laughs> flip-flops and came and uttered some threats and uh and uh and then uh i think i said to roddy you know i yelled through the windows you're the best you're the greatest actor in the world you know uh-huh. and then, then he yelled out the advice he goes you know um stay in school so you don't have to wrestle for a living that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> and these guys are just like, this is... Because when, when they're doing Harrisburg, that's what you would call like a tertiary market. Well, actually, that was a big one because we were close. We didn't realize... Uh, my, my brothers are like upset now as they're older. They realize that the, the main place they used to shoot from in the 70s was this place called the Hamburg Fieldhouse, mm-hmm. which we realized was only about a half an hour from Harrisburg. And... Uh, they're like, I can't believe Dad never took us. You know, it was just rose in Hamburg. We didn't realize that Hamburg was just like half an hour away. But that was where that's that was where they taped almost everything, and where okay. Vince or Junior, as he was called then, mm-hmm. um, you know, would also uh, do the color for the matches. And then just at a point, wrestling, you just realize it's like, yeah, I, I, from it's just like I can't. When everyone else started Follow. to find it funny and it became uh-huh. kitsch, then it uh-huh. wasn't as much fun. Although some mm-hmm. of those guys were still, you know, around WrestleMania is when it wasn't. Mm-hmm. wasn't. But it was. Uh, uh, but now when you see like a WrestleMania thing and you see like like Ariana Huffington is there yeah. and like Bill Simmons and all these <laughs> people are like there. Like it's like. Yeah. It's like the, the Hoi Polloi. You know, the Hoi Polloi. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. the, the first one too. It was like Liberace was the, was the bell ringer, which was fun. <laughs> I that was pretty <laughs> that, funny. No, that is, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Now, Adam Resnick, you worked on Letterman. Speaking of what we were talking about Letterman. You worked. When did you start? On uh, late, the, to the late night. Like 84. Late, 80, late 84, I think which, it was. In. Which is like two years in at that point. About like that, the, yeah. Right? The show's well, like... Yeah. And you were just like fresh out of... I was still in college. I got there as an intern. I got there as an intern. Then I dropped out because uh, it was looking good that I would get hired. So Okay. Yeah. So you dropped out of school yeah. to get the job because you were, you were working as an intern. Yeah. And then you start writing your your uh, your your start pitching things. At that yeah, I, at the time, that's you know, it was a small shop then. It was like a nice little clubhouse, mm-hmm. and even and Chris Elliott became a writer by those are the days that you know, you put some jokes on Dave's assistant's desk, and mm-hmm. he'd read them, and if he liked them, you know, maybe he'd hear from him. And uh, Chris and uh, Steve O'Donnell both encouraged me to do that, and I so I'd start writing opening remarks for, and I'd hand them to the mm-hmm. assistant, and uh, and then he called me in one day and said, "All right, you're good. I don't want to write some more." <laughs> and I just walked out thinking, mm-hmm. oh, man. that's good. Well, that actually was a huge turning point in my life, that exact moment. It was like something is, is going to change for me. 
Yeah. Because I went in thinking, you know, it wasn't expected that I would be a writer, but I went in thinking, if I have to be here until I'm 30, mm-hmm. I, I will be an intern until I'm 30 if it means that I'll eventually be a writer be, you know, wow. for the show. But it's a, but it, it's a, it, I just knew. It was the right place for me. It was the only place for me, actually. And then when you first saw it, were you just like, this is – did you watch the morning show? The No, I, I, I actually didn't. I remember uh, my mom – mentioning to me one time i was probably walking out the door i think i was sometime whenever that one was that like 1980 or something yeah yeah and she's like hey, you know you don't watch it's this david letterman he's really funny and mm-hmm. i didn't know i'd never heard the name before and i was thinking you know there's that singing group the letterman's or just yeah. some lame show like dinosaur so she said uh-huh. you should watch that david letterman he's funny uh-huh. like, yeah okay mom right okay see you later enjoy that uh-huh. <laughs> i had yeah. no idea so I, I, I didn't see it i've seen it you know since then i've seen parts of it like the andy kaufman stuff yeah it was nuts. But the I, other one I watched from from the first night because I watched Tom Snyder every night. So I was there, you know, the from the very first uh, late night I was watching. It's um, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how, like, it got another chance. Like he like ate it on that right that show, it was like a ten a.m. show or something, and then then it's just like, no, nah, this guy's still good. And still, there's a home for him somewhere. Yeah, that was well. Yeah, that was great. I, I after uh, after Cabin Boy, the for I mean, within after the first, you know, maybe it's the second weekend that mm-hmm. it had been out. I was just so, you know, Which really you, depressed, you, you so upset. You know? Co-wrote and directed, Cabin and Boy. Uh, yeah, okay. So, um, but it was uh, it was such, you know, it just it just this awful, awful experience. I've never seen. I mean, you know, Chris and I were. You know, just dragged through the mud worse than anyone. But you know, like what what's Sandler's movie now that people are talking about, or you know, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was that's nothing compared to what you, you know. If you remember Cabin, what that was like, the reception. If that's what you want to call it. But anyway, so I went up and talked to Dave, and uh, you know, and and just was you know upset. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm really scared. I don't think I'm going to work again. Or this mm-hmm. and that. And he told me, he goes, and and he was really nice. He said, look, look, take the gun away from your head. He goes, I'm telling you, I went through this when I lost the morning show, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, you gotta, and he actually gave me a, a metaphor about some race car driver that was really doing badly and then suddenly was the top race car driver. I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't follow racing, you know, yeah. and that was really nice. But, and, and it's so, it was so nice of Dave, you made me feel really, really good, but I, I'll talk myself out of anything. So as I was, that, after, I was, after I was leaving, I was thinking, yeah, that's right, Dave lost the morning show, but then I forgot. But that show was good. It won an Emmy, and I think they gave him like a couple million bucks just to hold him for a year to do nothing. <laughs> so I mean, so. All right, not quite the cabin boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or you, but, uh, or you, yeah. But it was because uh, you still got, nice, uh, nice nonetheless. Yeah, because you, know? you really got uh, dragged through the mud on the yeah on that. But now, yeah, look, it's 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 cold comfort, as they say, in some regard. But it's like. Now it has found its audience, and now it has found its the level of 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 uh, respect and appreciation that it it was due the whole time. What, what? Well, I don't. Whatever it is, I'll take it right now. But I do recognize that it's you know it's a, a very small cult of that of that and and it's uh, you know it, it, there's. It's I can't even get into all the cabin boy stuff. We've we've been down this road. It's a long story. It was nothing that that was something that sort of like fell in our lap. Chris and I we weren't out to do that project, mm-hmm. and so it's a very confusing thing. I don't know whether to defend to defend cabin boy. I don't know whether to, you know, um, 
just say, you know, I agree. I know it's it's awful, but I don't think it's awful. I don't think it's great, I, but I do think it. The thing I've, I'm at peace with, and I haven't seen it in mm-hmm. you know what, fifteen, twenty years, whatever the hell. But is that it is different. That's all I'll say. There's no, mm-hmm. there's and there's no, there's no kids. There's no twenty somethings in the movie. Just a bunch of old ugly guys. And and yeah, and Chris right. and I are proud of that. That's how mm-hmm. it was cast. You know, it was like there's no eye candy in that movie. Yeah, it's not like it's. it's Who would go see the thing about? That? Yeah. It, <laughs> Because it's the thing you wanted to see. Right. I just wanted it to be like character actors, you know? We were thinking of movies like Captain's Courageous. We're like, mm-hmm. well, who's a John Carradine sort of guy? Let's get find mm-hmm. a guy that looks like a John Carradine. Yes. Yeah. And now it would be That like, was a good reference for executives back then. Yeah. Yeah. And you couldn't – you would have to have somebody <clears> – like when they redid the uh, the movie Tron, like they did the new Tron. Like that had to be done. Like they had to have like some like hunky dude in it. Yeah. Like, it wasn't enough to just have, like, Tron in it. <laughs> right? A... I remember seeing Tron at this theater near my house. I would ride my bike to go see Tron. Mm-hmm. I would see Tron. I saw Tron maybe every night for, a, like, I would just go, like, yeah, 7.30 show Tron. Right. Ride my bike. I'll I have to see I... Tron tonight. <laughs> Tron. <laughs> I, does that and... stand for something, by the way? Sorry. Or I was that a, Okay. Know. I don't know. It was, and then I saw it like a few years ago, and it was like, this is the worst thing I ever saw in my life. <laughs> How did I sit through this once? Well, that was, it was a bomb, right, when it came out? It was, I don't think it was considered – was it considered good? I don't think it did amazingly well. I think it did okay. And I, I never saw the movie. It's not a movie I would have seen, but I, but, but I did like the video games. Did you play the video game? I did play the video yeah. game, yeah. That tank part of it was really fun. I wish there was a whole – machine of just the tank part of that there was like four different games in that machine it was the light cycles yes thank you then there's the thing where you're throwing like a, it's like a version of high lie yeah there's a, rings yeah. with these rings that would right. get knocked disintegrated and some spiders or something coming down i think that sounds familiar yeah and it'd be this thing where like you watch tron now and you're like oh all they did was just steal everything from star wars <laughs> and just like this is the most Shameless. They should be ashamed of themselves. That that's they, funny. I didn't even know that. They said they're really. That's what it is. Oh, it's just this, like a, it's well. The timing's right, I guess, for a Star Wars ripoff. Yeah, it's the worst. I'm gonna just. So, um, all right. Just one second. Mm-hmm. We'll be back. Best show. You're on the air. Really great show tonight. Oh, thank you. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. I'd I'd never heard of Adam Resnick before. Uh, and before I, I I discovered his book. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved it. <laughs> oh, you loved this book? Oh, I did love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's cool to hear an interview with him. Yeah, that's it's cool. It's a great book. I love. I love. Uh, I'll tell you what. I could have used a whole book of Merv, his dad. Oh, that's that's. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, people seem to like Merv. And I love it. I think it's great. Respect that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thing. The thing with the frosted mini wheats. Uh huh. I love that. You like that? Yeah, that was that was great. Uh, Tom, what's your favorite part of the book? I I still feel like for me, nothing beats the the Booker story. That yeah, I me, like that too. That to me is yeah. my is my all time. That's, that's Letterman's favorite story too. With him, see, runs. I like the Frosted Mini Wheats better. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, that's neither. That's a, I mean, everybody can have a favorite, so. Doesn't oh wow! Let me write this down. 
Yeah. Everybody can have a favorite. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Why don't? Yeah. Why? Why don't you write it down? Because oh, maybe I will. Maybe I'm doing well, it right now. Maybe you should. If if you need to, if you need to point that out from some like point, from some like sarcastic angle, then maybe that's something you need to let sink in a little bit. It's, oh. uh, I didn't mean for it to be a burst of wisdom with you. Oh. What? Wait, what is, what's this? Oh. What? You just landed yourself in a forest of trouble, son. Uh, well, I landed myself in a forest of trouble. Why am I in a forest of trouble? Because this is raccoon face. Shut up. This is, this, this is raccoon face. Yes, it is. Uh huh. Well, I just want to tell everybody, let me, I'll, I'll tell you, Adam, you're not from my town. For people who don't know, people not from Newbridge, ever since like the late sixties, there's been this legend of a, a guy out in the forest of the Newbridge forest, the wild man of Newbridge. And, uh, there's all these stories about him. It's just, it's like the, the mythology of the worst, uh, the worst one is that his face is like, it was disfigured because there was like a, he had a fight with like a, one of the, like the 15 foot long orange bears that roamed the forest out in Newbridge. So then he had to suture this, uh, giant, dead raccoon onto his own face and that's why he's called raccoon face and that he's like it's just his myth where he's like he's supposed to be like some people call him like a like a wooden like a rabid wood nymph and or like a cannibalistic mutant bloodthirsty manson-esque sadist uh who would like beat his victims with a whip Made out of the, like, elastic from his underwear. And I've never seen a picture. As far as I know, he's never been photographed. And his existence has never actually been documented. And, uh... So it's like an urban legend? Or... Yeah, I think it's like a, it's like a giant myth. And, uh, you know, that, that said, it's, uh... I mean, I guess I can talk about this, is, uh... You know, as a kid, I was camping in the forest, Newbridge Forest. I was probably 15 at the time. And, um, <clears throat> it would have been me and the, the, my mime troupe who I was with the little silent stinkers. And we, uh, went on a camping trip and I, I woke up early one morning cause I had to go to the, you know, number one. And, uh, so I walked like about 50 feet from the campsite and then I just felt like it was weird. It did feel like someone or like something was like watching me in the, you know, in the woods. And I was trying to just do my, you know, you know what? And I, I couldn't, and I started to get scared and. I could hear branches and twigs snapping and then I just remember a, like a smell. It was like 
guess the only way I could describe it would be it would be like a cross between like a that's gonna sound like I'm this is hard to describe I guess like halfway between like a burnt helicopter and like like a pile of like wet tractor tires that that would have been like stewing for days in a vat full of uh like yoga mats like fetid yoga mats and then i mean i just remember just being terrified and i could just feel this thing getting closer to me and then i kind of realized there was no way i was going to be able to you know do what i had to do there you know i guess for lack of a better term my uh, business and uh so then I, I, you know, zip up my jean shorts and, you know, look over my shoulder and there's this giant, like, like a humanoid, I guess I'd call like, like a giant humanoid, like in tattered clothing, just kind of like running off. And I was back into like away from me and, and I was so scared. I, I just ran home. I didn't even go back to the campsite. I just ran home and that was like 15 miles away. And, you know, it really did shake me up that I've never talked about it before. And, um, you know, to, to make matters worse, you know, when I got home, I realized I dropped in back at the site where all this happened. I dropped, um, my most valuable, like my most prized possession, which was a, uh, the ultra rare, never ready misprint wacky packages card. Wait, what's that? Yeah. It was spelled R E D D I E, right? For never in, yeah, for the never ready battery. Yep. There yeah. were only five known to be in circulation, right? But how, how did you know that that's what it was? Because I was there. Oh, no one's, I've never told this story in my entire life to anyone. I know. Oh my God. Wait, okay. If you're really, if this is really raccoon face, I mean, I, I know what you were wearing that day. Right. And I mean, if you can tell me what it was if you were if you were wearing like it was like uh I'm just trying to think how to I'm gonna describe I'll, it and you tell me. I'll tell you what you were wearing. How about that? You'll tell me what I was wearing. Yeah. Okay, because I remember what uh, I remember what I was wearing. Okay. I remember what you were wearing. I remember what you were wearing. Well, I remember what you were wearing, too. And I, I'm not going to tell you what I was wearing. I'll tell you what you were wearing. You're going to tell me. The aforementioned jean shorts, uh-huh. a rat concert shirt, uh-huh. a yellow bandana around your neck, and white puffy high-top sneakers. 
Oh, and you also had a red visor that said, I'm a little silent stinker. Okay, that is creeping me out. That you are, this is raccoon face. That's right, son. Oh, my God. And what you were, you were wearing like a hoodie. I don't. That's correct. Yeah. I just wanted to get what we were wearing out of the way there. What we were both wearing. I can't believe this is raccoon face. It, this is like, you're like larger than life. It's like the Loch Ness monster or like Bigfoot. Oh, well, that's not at all insulting. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. I'd be, you know, it's like, it's like, for lack of a better word, you know, it's like, it's, you're like a creature that like nobody was sure whether you even existed or not. And I mean, I was not prepared for, to ever talk to raccoon face, but I do, I would, can I ask you some questions? Sure. You know, I can, so, oh, wait, hang on. What? Show me some respect. Okay. Call me Mr. Face. Well, I called you raccoon face. That's your, No, call me Mr. Face. Okay. Mr. Face. So raccoon is your first name? No, you shut up. Okay. All right. And this is exactly why I'm calling in here, because there's all kinds of misconceptions about me, all right? Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. there's been a lot of crazy, hurtful, disturbing things said about me over the last 40 years, uh-huh. and I want to set the record straight tonight. Uh-huh. Really? Yes. Okay. So well, fire away. Sure. Okay, well, the first question I would ask is, like, how did you end up in Newbridge Forest, um, which, I mean, however many years ago, what led up to you ending up there? Well... It's quite a story, son. Um, you see, back in the, in the summer of 69, I was a senior at Newbridge High School for the Lesser Motivated. Oh, okay. And um, I don't know if you know it, but th- that was a very turbulent time in our town's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mayor Kern had everyone on pens and needles thinking that the Apollo astronauts had brought moon rickets back to Earth and that we were all going to die unless we took uh, Kern moon ricket serum. Uh, and uh, combine that with Officer Harrop Sr. initiating martial law after he saw the association perform on Ed Sullivan. Yeah, and you can see how the city was a powder keg waiting to explode. Yeah, well, I mean, the association on Ed Sullivan was like a big... He was scared. He was scared. He was scared. Officer Harrop Sr. was scared. He was. He thought it was a long comes machete. The song "Along Came uh, Along Came Mary." Yeah, yeah. He so he thought there was like, it was like a hyper violent song. Did, yeah. Oh yeah, and he he uh-huh. thought it was. Everyone knows it's Howitzer. Well, no, that's it's windy, right? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but not Howitzer. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. So he was he was hard of hearing. But anyways, you know, so it's. So, you know, that's how, how the, that was the climate at that point. And, you know, it, it was very difficult, but me and three of my best buddies, Mickey Monroe, uh, Dave Ploppleton, and Montgomery Davies Jr., we snuck out of town and we headed up straight to Bethel, New York for the big Woodstock Festival. For the Woods? Wow. So you went to Woodstock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it was a lot of fun until... Uh, un- until what? Well... You know, security was very lax back in those days. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we snuck backstage, and on the second night, well, I was flipping on doses. Uh-huh. 
Well, but don't judge me, because back then, everybody was slipping on doses. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Johnson was slipping on doses half the time. Johnson? Oh, yeah. Johnson, like... Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson, like President Johnson, LBJ. Yes, yeah. He was was just regularly... Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I'd never heard that. Yeah, you know that that footage where he says, I I will not accept the nomination, you know, of my Mm -hmm. party to run for president? Yes. You know why he did that? Why? Because he wanted to dose more. So it was getting in the way of his... His dosing. His dosing, okay. Yeah, yeah. So anywho, I I get up on stage with CCR, Uh and they're doing Keep On Chuglin. Yeah. And I was really connecting with the music. Okay. Yeah, I was really feeling Doug's backbeat. Okay. And they started doing this extended outro, and I was just riding that wave of Louisiana swamp mojo that only a band from the Bay Area can deliver. Yeah. And I started chugling my way towards the middle of the stage. Uh, okay. And I was completely lost in the chugle. Yeah. And then I started chugling my clothes off. Oh, no. Yeah, all of them. Uh-huh. And all the while, you know, I'm doing that, I'm really chugling my buns off. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I, I gotta say, I don't like where this is going. Oh, I'm sorry, I said buns. No, no, that, that's not what I meant. Uh, it's, uh, it's okay, you can say, you can say buns. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, can I also say mother... Liquor? No! I... I bleeped all of that. You can't say any of that. Why would you do that? Hey, you don't yell at Raccoon Face. It yells at you. It yells... Okay. okay, I've never heard that version of that, but... All right, There's a raccoon. lot of versions you haven't heard. Okay, well, oh, Mr. F- uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Face. I can't I believe like I'm calling you. Call me that. Yeah, I can't believe I'm doing it, but... All right, all right. Respect. Anyway, so I started chugling something else Ugh. i don't please don't tell me what yeah it, yeah, yeah I, I was shooting my forest bathroom area oh. real hard real frantic oh i hate your i'm not even gonna say it it's okay, bad enough well, it got said once yeah yeah i don't like this at all oh, mr Fitz. well look so anyway i, I look up and CCR are still on stage, but they stopped playing. It's total silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stu, Doug, John, and Ned are staring at me with these looks of shock on their faces. Uh-huh. Well, um, two two things come to mind here with that. Okay. I guess A would be that um, that's maybe the most repulsive thing I've ever heard, that you were chugling on stage to the point where the band... Was done, and and the other thing point is, um, you said it was Ned. It's there's no Ned. It was uh, Tom, not Ned. I never called you Ned. Oh, no, I meant that there's no Ned in. It was Tom Fogarty. There was no Ned in Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh, you know, you're really starting to raise the hackles on my haunches, son. Uh-huh. Well, I, I don't know what to tell you, Mr. Face. And I, well, I, I don't know either. Yeah, well, I don't know why I can't just call you Raccoon Face. It's the because name. Because I don't like it. Uh-huh. Yeah, from you. All Look, right. So anyway, flash forward to Monday, okay? Mm-hmm. 
On the way back to Newbridge, the guys tell me that my chugling is going to be the hit of the movie that they're making of, of, of Woodstock. Uh-huh. Like a documentary? Yeah. So I get really scared. Because they keep telling me how, how when the movie comes out, I'm going to be super famous. And they start making up all these names that people are going to start calling me once the movie comes once out. Once the movie comes out and everybody sees you on yeah. the movie screen. Yeah, they start calling me names like Penis Whitewater Revival, mm-hmm. Woodcock, mm-hmm. Canned Meat. The Who's That Playing With Their Whipple on Stage at Woodstock? Uh, that one's a bit of a stretch. Tim Hardon. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tim. Ravi Wankar. Okay. Any others? Couple more. Uh huh. Not so sly in the family bone. I don't get and, that one. Well, oh, I get it now. Okay, that's sly in the family. Oh, the family. Never mind. Okay, go ahead. And and uh, Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix. Yep. Not Hendrix, okay. No, yeah. Uh-huh. So by the, by the time we make it back to Newbridge, I, I was just uh-huh. beside myself with worry. By the time we made it back to Newbridge. Is that, I don't get it. Well, it's a different, it's a Creed, it's a, a Crosby, Stills, and Nash song. Never mind. Mm. So you make, you go back to Newbridge and you're now what? You're terrified of this I'm all I'm terrified, happening. yeah. That yeah. I, my life is over, so... When we stop to get gas at the Lubengulp, uh-huh. just outside of Newbridge, yeah. I, I catch a glimpse of the cover of the Newbridge Republican Times Herald Democrat. Uh-huh. And what was on the what was on the cover? A huge picture of me on stage at Woodstock, chugling my dink. Oh, okay. And then there's a headline over it that, that reads Local Perv goes on dungaree rummage on world stage. Brings shame to Newbridge. Must be killed. Wow, that's yeah. that's a pretty brutal headline. It was. It, it even printed my address, three twenty five North Pancake Boulevard. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I knew right then and there that I could never go home again. You know, I, I knew I couldn't face my family or my friends ever. So I snuck off and I made my way into Newbridge Forest. Wow, you've been there ever since. Yeah. Oh my God, that is. Wow. Um, well, Mr. Face, I, uh, I, I guess, uh, can I ask you another question? Sure. Um, how do you, how do you survive out there in the forest? I mean, like, because next to the, the deepest parts of the Amazon, Newbridge Forest is pretty much known as the most inhospitable place on earth. Yeah, you're telling me. Like, like just the other day, I was almost trampled by a massive quad-footed doodle boop. By a what? A, a quad-footed doodle boop? What? 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 What is that? You're kidding. No, I don't know what that is. But I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been in here so long with such limited contact with the outside world uh-huh. that, that I forget that only twenty percent of Newbridge Forest has ever been explored. Mm-hmm. There's all these these animals, bugs, birds, and creatures here that the scientists don't know about, and um, you know the massive quad-footed doodle boop is just one of them. It, it, it's kind of like a cross between a mid-sized elephant and a hummingbird, but with a tiny ferret head. Huh. Wow. That sounds ins. I, that well, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. To picture 
is that the only what you said there's other ones that people oh, yeah. don't know like what yeah. are some other creatures that that people outside of Newbridge Forest wouldn't know about well there's like uh rabid tree blobs uh land gnomes uh 14 foot crickets uh thrush monsters uh giant lightning bugs giant thunder bugs uh Tom Tricoli's dogs uh-huh. a lot of stuff like that crazy crazy things wow wow and what what do you do for shelter out there well, for years I lived in a World War II Japanese warplane. Wait, wait. There's a Japanese warplane in Newbridge Forest? Oh, yes, yeah, several of them. I guess they were flying to New York to drop bombs until the, uh, you know, the giant sh- uh, Shih Tzu batted them away. Wait, the, the what? The giant Shih Tzu? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, don't, I, I don't know anything about that. Oh yeah, I, I guess it must have gotten loose from its owner, you know, back in the '40s or something, and it ran into the forest, and it probably fell into one of the forest's many radioactive ponds, mm-hmm. and then it became the size of a skyscraper, and it must have thought that the planes were these fun doggy toys. Uh huh. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There's all kinds of radioactive mutants roaming around here. Okay. Um, the most heinous one I could probably describe best as a giant half-animal part party machine hybrid. Huh. I mean that that's insane. I, I yeah. don't think anyone like in the outside world knows about any of this. No, no. A lot of weird stuff going on here. Weird wild stuff. Weird Weird wild that's a uh, Weird wild stuff. You know who that is? That's Johnny Carson. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still on, right? What's that? He's still on TV, right? Still Johnny Carson, no. He died probably about ten years ago at this point. Oh, no! I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Oh, I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Well, it, oh. it, it it happened. Yeah. Well, who took know. over his show? Ed McMahon? Uh, no, Ed McMahon is dead. Also. He, oh, no! <laughs> no. He didn't take it. It was uh, a, a Jay Leno took it over. Oh, I love him. You like him? He's great. Well, he's he's uh, he's a little different than you might remember. If you if you're the Jay, if if you still think Carson's on the air, the Jay Leno, you're. In your mind is is uh, different from the one that the rest of us. Uh, okay, well uh, that's fair enough. Yeah. Well, look anyway to further answer your question, mm-hmm. when the Japanese warplane fell apart, I ended up moving into one of the crashed alien spacecrafts. <laughs> so there's not only Japanese war warplanes. There's there's an alien a crashed alien spacecraft out in the Newbridge Forest. Yeah. I don't know what, where that came from, but. I don't know, I just made that up. There's actually several of them. Uh huh. Yeah. I guess the occupants must have beamed out before the ships crashed. Mm hmm. And, but it, they left behind all this cool stuff like weapons and cutlery and magazines. They mm-hmm. have magazines in space. I didn't know that. That wouldn't, it would, hmm. Magazine, you'd think that of all the things to get, like we are evolving past magazines out here in the end, but aliens who are traveling through from planet to planet or galaxy to galaxy, they're still reading magazines. They are, yeah. My favorite is Space Fun. Space Fun magazine. Yep. So that's one of the magazines on the on the ship. Yeah, there's also one called Space. Oh, did you bleep me? I did bleep you on that. Oh, that yeah. I, even though it's an alien thing, I still that you can't say that. Yeah, they love that stuff up there. Ugh. Yeah, that is. They go on spacesuit rummages. Well, I, 
Man, that is... That's weird that that's the most shocking part of an alien. Me finding out about the existence of aliens is me within 45 seconds being repulsed by their choice of magazines. Hey, they have needs. Yeah. But speaking of spacesuits, they were too small for me to fit in, so Mm -hmm. that's kind of a bummer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I, which actually leads to a question, when I saw you, you were wearing this hoodie. That was kind of ripped up, like really, like you were just in tattered, like wild person clothes when I when I saw you way back when I was uh, out there camping, and I mean that was so long ago at this point, and I mean what are you? There's no way you could still be wearing those those that tattered hoodie. What what are you wearing now? Well, the clothes I wore to Woodstock, you know, of course, they slowly began to disintegrate. And by, by the early 90s, I was I was down to a loincloth made out of my striped Banlon shirt. Uh-huh. It was sick. I don't know if you've ever worn a loincloth, but they're not fun. They look cool, uh-huh. but they're not fun. They, there's a lot of um, what I call crevice creeping. I hope that's not too much. That's not well, it's, it's sick a, to say. It's a little... It's a, it, it, it's a little... Um, it's not my favorite. How about sure, that? Sure, sure, sure. Well, but luckily, I, I found some, um, I, I think you call them hammer pants, that were left behind when a rap group from Newbridge was shooting a video here. Hammer pants. Wait, how, how do you know about things like like videos and rap and all the things we talked about at the beginning here, like, you know, Adam Resnick's book and everything, if you've had no contact with the outside world for all those years? Oh, you'd be surprised what hikers leave behind at campsites. I, I find magazines, books like like Adams, uh, music players with tapes mm. and um, uh, uh, compact discs that are still uh-huh. in them. Uh huh. Well, compact. Okay, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, have you heard of this singer named Tom Waits? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a huge uh, Tom Waits fan. Wait. What? What? That's I, like he, he's like a, a hobo singing. Yeah, he sings, like, he sings the, the hobos music. Well, it's like hobos music, but it's not. It's like, it's like a very high, imagine like a high class Los Angeles hobo, like a guy with so much money that he can start dressing like he's got no money. Oh well, it's not my thing. Okay, all right. Well, what about Billy Joel? The tape I, I, I have is called Glass Houses, and um. Is this what punk rock is? Um, no, no. Billy Joel is definitely not punk rock. Oh, I just assume because the music is so aggressive and he sings with such anger. Uh huh. And he's, he's throwing a like a a, a rocket at a at a at a window on the cover, and he wears a leather jacket like Brando. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. Um. No, it's really a pretty affected thing for who Billy Joel uh, is. It's not. It's not very very representative, and uh, no punk punk is different than that. Okay, well, I also found this compact disc that I, I assume is used as some kind of torture device to get information out of prisoners. Mm-hmm. What what is that? Hang on, let me let me find it real quick. It's called Public Animal Number One, and it's by Gigi Allen 
and the murder junkies. Yeah, no, that's that's a real artist. That's not a torture uh, device. Uh, Gigi Allen is a real recording artist, and uh, he actually died about twenty years ago. Oh, he passed on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He did pass on. Mm. Uh huh. Hey, look, I, I want to correct you on something. Something that you said. You said that that I, I don't have much contact with the outside world. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been out a few times. Really? Yeah. So you've been out of Newbridge Falls. Like, wh- wh- when? Uh, I did a Bob's Burgers last year. Wait, what? What is? <laughs> Wait, you did? You did what? Did you did a Bob's Burgers? Yeah, it's a cartoon show. Uh huh. No, I know. I'm fully aware of what Bob's Burgers is. Oh. Yeah. But you did, when you say you did one, what does that mean? I did a voice. Oh, okay. Yeah, there yeah. There you go. Yeah. But, uh. Have you done one? No, no, I haven't actually. Have not been asked to do uh-huh. a Bob's Burgers. It's funny, huh? I guess, uh. Some they people, must have a reason. Well, I don't know. some people do four voices on it. That's fun. That's funny. And really? I'm, yeah, I'm still at zero. You're oh a, you. You've done one voice on it, which is I've done one. Yeah. Do you know anyone else who's done them? Oh, sure. Plenty of people. It, it, I would probably pretty much at this point name who hasn't done one, and it would probably it's a shorter list with one name on it. Oh, I see. Yeah, me. Hmm. And uh, okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stop with that whole thing. Okay. Um, what? Mr. Face. Yes. What What do you do for food out there in the woods? Oh, you know, I forage around. You know, I, I, I get nuts and I get berries, that kind of stuff. Sometimes people leave food for me, too. <laughs> Wait. Um, they leave food for you? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Like... Give well, like there's this guy named Bryce who who leaves sandwiches and then these other fun things for me. <laughs> I, I don't need to get into what those fun things are, though, do I? Uh-huh. Well, I I don't think we need to get into that. Right. There's, okay. There's already been enough talk of that right. stuff. Well, there's this other guy named Mike who leaves uh, beer for me and, and uh, Grateful Dead tapes and Grateful Dead updates. That uh-huh. stuff. And yeah. updates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess they played their last shows recently. Yeah, they did these shows with the guy from uh, Fish taking over for the late, great Jerry Garcia. Wait, what's his name? Abe Vigoda? Uh, the, no, the, no, not Fish, the TV show. Oh. The guy from oh. the band Fish. Oh, I was asking because I still I, – one of my few reading things I have is a TV guide from 1979. Mm-hmm. So. so you just read about shows? Yeah, I would kind of make them up in my mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you're just making up episodes of fish? Yeah, yeah. In my mind he he's uh he, he goes back in time to, to the nineteen tens. Okay. Is, is it called the tens? That were I get what you're saying. Yeah, and he goes on the Titanic. Fish fish goes on the Titanic. Yeah, and then he dies on it and then becomes a ghost fish. He was also a detective of the deep. It's called fish, colon detective of the deep. So it's it's the the police officer Fish, played by Abe Vigoda. That's correct. Who passes away, who time travels. A, yes. And here, here's, I'm not here to poke holes in your thing, but he's from. Well, maybe I'd like that. Well, he's, okay. Well, but, he's from the 70s. 
So he called, why would he go on the Titanic if he's from the 1970s? He clearly must have heard what's going to happen to him on the Titanic. Well, we all have blind spots. Maybe that's his. Like he just never checked out any news. Or, like he just went back and then decided, oh, here's a cruise. Maybe every time in his life when someone was about to inform him mm-hmm. of the Titanic's fate, he looked away or got distracted by something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> it's, it's plausible. It's very, you know what? Fair enough. I thought I had poked a hole in your, uh, I'm sorry I said that because now it's going to set you off on some flight of fancy. I wonder if I could write a movie called Titanic Distractions. Titanic distraction, so that yes. he gets distracted right before somebody talks about the Titanic for his entire life. Yes. And then he, I goes, buy this. he goes back in time, and then suddenly the first thing he does is decide to go on an old-fashioned cruise. Yeah. Because he, sure, you know what? I guess, I guess it's it's all possible. Um, man. Well, Mr. F- raccoon Face, or Mr. Face. You can call me Raccoon Face now. Okay, Raccoon Face. I got to say, this was as unexpected as anything that's ever happened on this show. And this is definitely one of the most surprising phone calls I've ever gotten on the best show. And, you know, you have, to be fair, there's been so much legend about you. And you have really... uh corrected all the misconceptions about you that people have had and misconceptions that I've had about you. Well, thank you, son. You know, it, it, it hurts to be judged so unfairly and to be seen as some kind of a monster or a disfigured troglodytic nightmare, a raccoon-faced freak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I, okay. So I thought the raccoon sewing thing was made up, but... So no, that's real. Oh, so it is okay. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I didn't do it because I got mauled by one of those big orange bears. Uh huh. Well, how how did you damage your face then? I was on wild shrooms for saying we were wild. Wait, what? What? What was that? I was on wild shrooms pretending to be Bill Wyman, and I fell off a cliff and landed on my face. Uh huh. Well, look. So I get knowing your history, the whole thing about being on. Yeah. yeah, but I'm not sure why anyone would pretend to be Bill Wyman. You know, I mean, when the Rolling Stones, he just stood there. Didn't he, he, he just stood there. He's not in the Stones anymore? <laughs> no, no. Bill Wyman left the Rolling Stones. That's early 90s, probably. Uh- Yeah, well, uh, raccoon face. I'm I'm sorry to uh, to give you this this uh, uh, news flash here, but they they currently actually are on a tour of stadiums right now. The Rolling Stones, like at this very moment. There's no way. There's no way that the Stones could possibly exist without Doctor Stoic, the bass surgeon. Wait, what? You never heard him called that? Dr. Stoic, the base surgeon? No, Dr. Stoic, comma, the base surgeon. Doctor, okay, but you didn't say the comma when you said it. 
Well, it's implied. Okay. You dipple dip. Okay. Well, look. I'm sorry you just found out about Bill Wyman. What? I, let me just get this whole thing back on target a little bit. Okay. If I can. It's it's it's. I gotta say, in it's great to know that a uh, you know. Ultimately, you're you're a pretty normal guy who you know. Even though there's been a ton of bizarre circumstances that you know put you on this path, and that you know nobody has ever taken that you've made it and you survived. I, I think that's that's pretty awesome. Well, I, I appreciate that, son, and I I appreciate you taking the time to to understand me. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Because there's so many legends and so much stuff, and you know, you're you're a. It's good to know you. You know, look, we're all a little goofy in our own way, um, myself included. And uh, yeah, but okay, you're not supposed to take that kind of. Oh well. But you're 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 a regular guy, really. You know, there's there's all these legends. That, like you're not any of the monsters, like the. You know, like the Zodiac Hugger or like the Newbridge Mystery Ape or the Newbridge Mauler or the Dumpster Peeper or the Wayne Coin of the Wilderness or the Newbridge Exsanguinator. Like, oh, no, uh, I'm all those guys. <laughs> What's that? I'm all of those guys. All the people you mentioned, they're all me. Really? Yes. So the Newbridge Exsanguinator. Yep. Well, if you're the Newbridge Exsanguinator, um, can you, I prove it? Well, on March fourth, two thousand and three, I. Without spilling one drop of blood. Oh my God! You, I, I just bleeped a lot of that out, but you are, you are the Newbridge Exsanguinator. Yeah. Ooh. So you are, a te- you're a terrible person after all. I don't want anything to do with you, raccoon face. You know, let me just ask you one other question though, before I say goodnight. Yes. How are you even calling the show? Oh, Chapo let me his, his cell phone. Who? My new amigo, El Chapo. El Chapo, the the head of the Sinaloa cartel? Oh, yeah. Who who escaped from prison a few weeks ago? See, he's here with me right now. So El Chapo's hiding in Newbridge Forest with you right now? No. He's with me hiding in the closet right behind you. (laughs) Wait, no. You're not. You're in the studio closet. Yes. Get ready to meet Raccoon Face and my little amigo. Before we left the forest? Oh, you El Dippo. Look, I'll tell you, this half-assed guano might fly down in Mexico, but it sure don't fly up here, my man. Ow! Ouch! Ouch! Oh, you dropped the chainsaw on my foot! Oh, 
Mike. Oh. oh. Mike. Foot is swelling. You dip. I'm gonna keep. Oh. I'm gonna keep him going. Oh. oh. Just slide. Slide that chair under oh. the closet doorknob. Oh. Oh. Hey, raccoon face. Oh, what? what? What's what's going on now? Oh, I janked my back. Uh huh. Oh, and my raccoon face is coming loose. Okay. Uh huh. Oh. Uh huh. Oh. Okay. Good job, Mike. Just put a chair. Oh up man, it's hard to even stand up. Oh, what's that? Oh, 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 El Chapo forgot that he has a knife. Look out, Tom, because that CB radio station is about to get turned into a bloody car wash. What the? This door won't open. Oh yeah, we put a chair up against it. It's not. It's not going to open. You're stuck. That's not a real thing, is it? It, it works. It's working right now. Yeah. No. I mean, I know it. It works in movies, like like when Peter Benchley does that to the shark in Jaws after Fred Schneider says their boat needs to be way bigger. I didn't think it worked in real life. Yeah. Well, it it does, and. Uh... Just so you know, I just called the Heinous Creeps Division of the Newbridge Police Department, and they're going to be here any second. Oh, come on. Please let us out. No. We won't be bad, please. We, we won't promise. be bad. Please. No, no way. Please, we're knocking nicely. <laughs> no, I'm not letting you out. I don't care how much you ask nicely. You're bad guys. Oh, come on. No. It's working again. Oh, you're going to get it now. Death to CB radio tyrants. Oh, no. And died again. This is very frustrating, I got to say. Well, amigo, looks like it's the end of the line for us. Wonder what they're serving for dinner in El Hut tonight. Ugh. What what was that? Okay. Yeah. This chainsaw has dose hornos. This chainsaw has two horn, uh, two horns. See, yeah. Well, talk to you later, I guess. Well, you're going to settle back here, all right? Yeah, get comfortable. All right. Well, you just raccoon face. Thanks a lot. Well, well, you're the El Dip Munch. (laughs) Okay, and he hung up. Oh my God, he's in the closet. The two of them are in there, Mike. With a chainsaw that doesn't have any gas in it, apparently. Wow. How about that? Don't open that closet. on that guy. just hung up on you. Yeah. Don't open the closet, Adam. So I'm confused. Did he find my book in the woods or not? He did. He did. Yeah. Look, however it... However you get to it, you get to it. You know what I mean? You know? Um, Hey, Mike. Who's who's good here? One, we're gonna. Talk, are there people talking about? I don't get it. The topic being, I don't get it. Where it's the things you don't, you tried and you don't get. Do you have anything like that, Andy? Uh, Andy. Andy. Yeah. Andy. I'm sorry. I'm seeing Andy Kindler's 
uh, on a on a uh, he's 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 mad at Raccoon Face on Twitter. Oh, really? That's, yeah. Well, Do you know Andy Kindler? No. He's very funny. I love. He's gonna. That's, right? that's gonna make his night. That you just went no. <laughs> I, no. I know. I know the name. No, he's, he's a stand-up. He's yeah. very funny. Oh, you yeah. know, actually, I know the name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Adam Resnick, you think about one that is something you can't just get it. You've tried to get into it. You can't get into it. Um. All right. I'll. T- well, I don't want to start anything. Well, let's see what this person has to oh, say. Oh, I guess here we go. Best show. You're on the air. Hey, Tom. This is Adam from Tampa. Adam from Tampa. What's up, Adam? Well, I had one for the topic, and you guys were also talking about wrestling earlier. Yeah, yeah. And it got me to thinking about the day I gave up on wrestling. Okay. What is the day you gave it up was, on wrestling? It was about 92, I'm going to say. Uh, I was watching Earthquake and Jake the Snake. Okay. And uh, they were, you know, they had, they were in a heated rivalry at that point. And uh, Earthquake pulls Damien, uh, you know, out from under the ring, you know, Jake's snake, and uh, jumps up and down on Damien. And then the bag is opened, and you see very obvious ground beef coming out of the bag, raw ground beef. Uh-huh. Me and my dad are watching wrestling. That's I look at my dad, and he says, I've been telling you for years. Broke my heart. So the ground beef was what? To feed the... No, that was supposed to be the snake. It was... It oh, was the, oh my God. The, the smashed snake. They used ground beef in place of what a smashed up snake would actually look like. <laughs> That's wow. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I, it was so dumb I couldn't follow it. You ever have that happen where you're watching something, watching like a movie and you're just like... Or somebody tells a joke. You ever read like a Bazooka Joe comic? And, yeah, right, right. That doesn't and it's so dumb. You're uh, getting eye strain trying to read every word. And, and you're stuff. like, maybe this is going over my head because there's no way that right. the joke could be this simple, simple and stupid. So that's what it was: ground beef in a thing. That was yeah, a and then, and then uh, you know, of course they have the the news. They had Mean Gene reporting about it in the next week's mm-hmm. thing, and he and he talks about it just being too savage to watch. And I mean, Mean Gene's known for overdoing it, but this was this was overdoing it even by Mean Gene's standards. Mean Gene, he always uh, always talking about the uh, Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah, that's right. The Pontiac. <laughs> this week at the Pontiac Silverdome, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. And Hulk Hogan, right? And then you'd just be like, uh, where's the Pontiac Silverdome? Was that like outside of Detroit, I yeah, guess? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Ground yeah, beef. Yeah, like Auburn Hills. Okay, you're bumming me out. Best show, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. Hi, who's this? My name's Paul from Queens. Paul from Queens. What's going on? Do you have something for the topic? I do. What do you I got? I do. Uh, my entry is OK Computer. You can't understand the Radiohead album, OK Computer. Well, I don't know. I, I well, think like it just doesn't do it I for you. I think I understand it. I just don't. I don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't feel it. What don't I like you? It. You try. You try. You try to listen to it. You try. I bought it. You bought. Ooh, you bought some music. Yeah. Oh, looky Lou. How about that? 
What you buy? What you buy it on CD? You bought a iTunes download? What did you do? I bought it on CD. Okay. Mm. And you just don't like I gave those. It- the one Radiohead album everybody understands is the one you don't get. What about the other I ones? Think, you ever tried the well, other ones? Oh, I like the Benz. Oh, you like I the think, Benz. You're yeah, the Benz, simpletons. I think, uh, I feel a little more. It's a little more, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, fun it's, or emotional or whatever fun. where yeah, I it's can more tap fun. into it. Yeah, you know that fun Radiohead album? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, that fun one, the Benz. There's no fun Radiohead albums. So stop looking for any fun. There's other places to go get fun. Go get well, a, that's what I've learned, I guess. Go get a Miami Sound Machine album. You want fun, right? You guys looking at Radiohead for fun. Go get a Black Eyed Peas album. <laughs> All right, driving me nuts. That drove you nuts, really? A little bit, because he's 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 uh, he's talking about these things. Radiohead is denying him the fun that he thought. He was going looking for fun. <laughs> like, just can't find any fun on these Radiohead albums. <laughs> Let's see. One more and then, uh, oh, no, wrong button. Best show, you're on the air. Uh, hi, this is Amy from Portland. Amy from Portland? Yeah. How are you, Amy? Um, I'm doing good. I'm just cooking dinner. Amy from, let oh, me ask you, you, Amy, are you going to see Sharpling and Worcester live? When they come to Portland? Uh, we actually got um, tickets the very first day that they were out. Oh, so. good move. Yeah. Well, so, you know, I didn't want to be one of those whiners that couldn't get tickets. Yeah, thank so. you. Look, it's going to sell out. It's going to sell out in a matter of moments. Then everybody else crying in Portland. I don't want to hear it when they're like... I won't have an extra ticket to sell them, so you know, they better get their tickets now. Yeah, exactly. So, Amy, do you have something for the topic? Is there something you don't um, get? Yeah, so I've tried and I've tried and I've never got Seinfeld. Can't understand Seinfeld. It's like it's funny from time to time. Like the Soup Nazi episode mm-hmm. was funny, okay. kind of. I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know. I tried. Just don't like it. Which character do you like the most? Um. Oh, I don't know. Um, no. Mm. I like don't. I do, I've tried it enough, but I not well enough to know who I like. Um, Elaine, maybe. Like Elaine. She's pretty funny. She's like consistently funny, I think. Do you think it might be that you don't like the character Seinfeld on Seinfeld? I was like jumping up and down with joy when you put him on the 100. The like worst I did a like impromptu worst, gig yeah. at home when you put him on the, the worst. The worst 100 uh, fiction. We did, it, we did it over the last few weeks, the list of the worst 100 fictional characters of all time. What number did Seinfeld come in at? Very high. I think he might have come in at two. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because he's, he's, he's like the, the the weak link on the whole thing, right? Yeah, I know. And it's like, it would be a much better show without that character, but then it's named after him, so yeah. you can't you can't kill him off. Well, you would you, wa- what if, would you watch move. that show? If that What if that show was called Crystal, and you just swap Seinfeld out for Billy Crystal? And you just have him in that role, right? Uh, I think you found a way to make it worse. That, suddenly you'd be begging for Seinfeld to come back. Yeah, at that point, at that point, I probably would. Yeah. Billy Crystal is not going to play the straight man. He would give it something. He'd have to be. So what like you're saying is that when I watch Seinfeld and I get angry, I should just imagine Billy Crystal, and then all of a sudden I'll be like, I'll get into it more. What? 
Say that again. Like, so when I watch Seinfeld and I'm like, yeah, eh, this isn't for me. You just imagine, imagine Billy Crystal. Uh, imagine Billy Crystal in it. And then remember Michael Richards' uh, Laugh Factory tirade. And know that Seinfeld is, is uh, hate speech free. You're not going to get that. He's not going to burst into into waves of, of uh, un, unchained hatred. Thank you for the call. Yeah, Billy Crystal would not be able to play that straight. He well, no, he would because it would, you know, he wouldn't give people their money's worth. He's, in a, you know, still he's there to be him. funny. Yeah, still fooling. Still <laughs> fooling him. <laughs> he's always making that face. That's a certain era of a performer where they always have that they pull that face like Paul McCartney always does that kind of like that ooh yeah right face. yeah yeah like with his yeah. mouth and I know exactly oh. sure, right. yeah like it's like I'm not a baby why are you <laughs> you're making faces as if you're in front of a crib yeah trying to get a baby to smile yeah he does that face also that Mr. Saturday Night did that face a lot too that character in the movie <laughs> that, the same name Mr. Saturday Night I love I love anybody who has their opus that they're waiting to get to and then it's there's just a point where it's like it's not going to work like you're not yeah. going to there's not going to you're not going to match the thing he see I need to tell the story of Buddy Young Jr. the whole thing and he's yeah. working on this epic <laughs> Mr. Saturday like in his mo- like he he cashed every chip he had <laughs> To do that, all the goodwill from when Harry met Sally and all that stuff. Yeah, it's kind of an expensive movie. Oh, and he directed it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, in his mind, he saw awards. Yeah, you know, and the award for best director goes to Billy Crystal, Mister Saturday Night. Well, that's back when you can still make movies for adults. Oh, wait, they didn't show up either. That, yeah, people don't want, everything's got to have the kids. I just made a thing. Like, who's that for? It's like not for any, like no adult wanted. It wasn't even for like the Jews. I don't even think they came out for it. I don't think it was for anyone who was in show business at that point. Like would not have wanted to see a a look back at it as told by him. Oh, great. I'm getting criticized from the cabin boy guy. That's what he's thinking right now. He's oh, great. Nice the, uh, so now he's a nice guy. Yeah. And so is Andy Kindler, who oh. I have heard is actually funny. He's very yeah. funny. He's, yeah. Oh, great. I'm uh, listening to the best show. And then the guy from Cabin, the guy who directed Cabin Boys, putting down Mr. Saturday Night. Who's he to talk? <laughs> yeah. The great thing about that show, The Comedians, was that every episode had like three, they would have like three or four like, like, because it's like a behind-the-scenes thing. It would just be like, well, you're with the... They'd have all these things that just uh, pump up Billy Crystal. But it would just yeah, be like, it's like, oh, my God, it's Billy Crystal. <clears throat> like, people, like, oh, well, Billy Crystal, what are you doing here? Oh, my God, I'm, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> like, like, every episode had a few of these, like, things that were just meant to make it look like like anybody would just be blown away that Billy Crystal walked into the. Oh my God, it's Billy Crystal! <laughs> I, I never saw it. I saw the commercial. So how many episodes? I think they did uh, thirteen. And how did it do? Is it coming back? It's not. It just got canceled. Oh. But yeah, and Gad 
Josh Gad take it on the chin. Bad week. Bad week to be Josh Gad. Wait, what was the, what's the Pixels. Oh, that's right. He's in yeah. Pixels. At first they were saying that was doing really well. They were surprised like Sandler fooled them all. But then by Sunday I was reading, no, no, this is a disaster. It's just, uh, yeah, you I, just picture. Uh, but it did came in number one or number two. I guess it, just, I think it came in number two. Yeah, number two. That movie ain't cheap. You think it's cheap to get yeah, Pac-Man like to right, show up? Right, right. Pac-Man doesn't come through the door for, <laughs> Pac-Man doesn't get out of bed for less than 50 grand. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom. Hi, Adam. Hey. I got one for the topic. Um, I can never, uh, I don't, I don't like figure skating. I don't know what the deal is with that. You don't like figure skating. That's good. And you've tried? No, I, well, I've, I've skated, you know, many times, but I, I don't, uh, what kind of skate? What kind of skating have you done? Down just in skating around the rink, you know, just doing twirls and stuff, just around the rink. Okay. You know? So, so, but I, I, don't, about I can it. appreciate figure skating. I just, I don't, I have watched it for, uh, since 1980, you know, since the Olympics and, uh, for the, I don't get it, man. No. I think it's a good one, actually. Yeah, it was all right. I think I was, it's a little, that one you have to let go, because that's like. Or is it just stating the obvious? I don't know. I always think of it as the kind of thing where it's like one that's like your, it's like when people say to me, it's like, you should like Steely Dan. And it's like, okay, there's things I like that sound like Steely Dan. I just don't like Steely Dan. Paul Sims likes Steely Dan and Jerry the conversation. He really, I, I, and Paul Sims likes Steely Dan. Yeah. And I respect him for it because he's really, you know, he's into it. He likes them and he appreciates them. I, I guess I like a couple of their songs. I don't know. I really don't know. But to me, it sounds like a uh, music you heard here when like somebody's trying to sell you a stereo system and they play. <laughs> That's like, true. That is. You exactly, the, yeah. you, they play yeah. Steely Dan at the stereo store. Right. Listen to the, uh, just listen. Asia. Like yeah. Like you're in like the, the audio yeah. room at the yeah. stereo store. Yeah, they've got the quad eight track <laughs> yeah. they put in. And the guy's Asia. He's got like the buttons to press. Like it's like, <laughs> oh, let's do speaker two. That's and right. they press it, and so suddenly it's like you hear like the speakers, and it's just yeah. like uh, yeah. it's like yeah, that's uh, listen to that. That's a uh, peg. We're gonna play. <laughs> I'm gonna play peg. Listen to the, listen to the sim. Listen to the hi hat on that. Yeah. So can I ring you up <laughs> for that? Can I ring you up for that stereo? No. <laughs> yes, you can, as long as it doesn't come with this Steely Dan album. Caller, welcome to the show. How you doing, Tom? I'm good. Who is this? This is Josh from Salem, Oregon. What's going on tonight, Josh? Not much. I got one for the topic. What do you got? How about Ariel Pink? I've tried Ariel Pink. I, I never really... I've heard a couple things I never really tried beyond a point to get into Ariel Pink. Is that something that's hard to get into? I feel like he shows up all the time on, on other stuff that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's all over, and, and uh, I've tried, and I, I don't get it. He seems a little bit uh, a little bit too smug. All right. Yeah, I just never tried. Sorry. Right maybe, on. Maybe I'll try. Maybe I won't. Hmm. You, Adam Resnick, you, you author of will not attend mm-hmm. in paperback as of today. And that's available in stores, right? Like bookstores will have the paperback now. I did. I haven't checked. I assume. Your your Letterman thing, by the way, when you were promoting the book, was one of the funniest 
things because you just like you seem like you're one of the few people who can like give him the the business. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the first one, the second one was not quite as good. He had me on again. Right? But when you were just saying the thing about Disneyland, that's another great story in the thing in the book about you and your family going to Disney Disney World. Yeah, Disney yeah, World. Yes, right. yes, and you were at the. Chocolate buffet. What was it? The oh, the 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 Tomorrowland dessert party <laughs> cafe buffet or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Tomorrowland Terrace dessert party. I think it was called. Yeah, and then you saw Tinkerbell gets like uh, flying around. Flying right around, there. yeah, on a filament or something. And then your sister-in-law. Yeah, it looked like a dude. I thought <laughs> your sister-in-law blew a fuse. Yeah, well, that had been, it had been coming a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. But you like music that's more like, uh, you, you, you like things that would, you'd hear on an episode of like, uh, like Louie. Like it would be like, uh, like a Woody Allen soundtrack. No, I don't, that's a, that, no, I know. That, that's <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that music Now that's like the, yeah, the redone, that New Orleans newish version of re-recorded New Orleans music that he does. He plays at a, where does he play it at? The, the Alice's Teacup or some place out of the city. I don't know. Can you imagine going and watching him play clarinet all night? Yeah, and you can't get out. You can't leave. You're in there. And I hear it's actually really expensive too. You like uh-huh. you don't just go. You have to, you know. And it's a. Yeah. I, I think it costs you a few hundred bucks a seat just to go in there and to watch him do something other than the thing right. that you blues. know him for. Right now, you got to watch him play some uh, big spider back outtakes, right. right, or whatever. Like he's playing uh, outtakes. That's right. Yeah. Like, I got a brand new hat. Sydney Bechet. Like songs like that. Yeah, right. right? I, got, I got a brand new, yeah. Tin Roof Blues. But you like, you like music like, uh, right? No, sir. No, that's, that's it. Like, no, that, oh, I, that's, uh, that's I know that guy's his powerhouse. Yeah, yeah, what's his name? That guy that did for, you know, for the Looney Tunes. I forget that guy. Oh, uh, Randolph. Something Scott. Sure. Raymond Scott. Raymond yeah. Scott. Yeah, no, that's the 40s. That's too late for okay. me. Okay. You like music. It's like, like well, like who 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 is this old music you like? Who who are these artists? God, now you just when you just throw it out like that. This is there's a guy, uh, Wilton, Wilton Crawley. I like okay. those are my favorite tracks. You mm-hmm. ought to see my gal by Wilton okay. Crawley. Jelly Roll Morton plays piano on that track. That's mm-hmm. that's that's one of my probably favorite jazz tracks. That's probably like 1929. Something okay, like that. yeah. And how did you get into that stuff? I just like that sound. I like that sound, man. I don't know what it is. I didn't know what it, you know, I used to hear it, uh, in the cartoons, you know, mm-hmm. they used to show those, you know, did they still show some of those black and white cartoons when you were a kid, like on, on cable? You're like, we had like not that much cable, but mm-hmm. you know, the Philly channels, you'd see like these, these old cartoons that have those, those Fleischer cartoons that have those jazz scores. And that's, uh, and I really like that, but mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was called or anything, but, uh, and then you're just like, and I learned like, about I started collecting 78s and learning uh, about it and got more specific the more I learned about it that, mm-hmm. I, that I realized that the really good stuff wasn't recorded after 1932. It was like probably okay. between 19, 1925 and 1932, and I'll tell you why. Why? See, my ear can detect the first strains of swing, and that's disgust. That's awful. That's crap. And that's because around 1933, 34, they started removing the banjo from the orchestras, and that it lost that sound, and then came that swing sound, which I detest. Okay. So yeah. you don't like you like like that kind of banjo driving it. Right. 
Okay. That syncopation, that old, you know, the, that syncopated rhythm that, uh, you know, started in the so, uh, 20s. So, like, Woody... Uh... Woody does a version of that, but it's, like, sort of like the new... His stuff reminds me more of that, you know, New Orleans funeral music. Uh-huh. I mean, a lot of good jazz come out of New Orleans. I mean, yeah. Louis Armstrong came out of New Orleans, but, but uh, yeah. But what about, like, the guys, like, the... Uh... Like you, like a guy, like like, like all that kind of like, like, like uh, 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 who's the who's the who are the big band leaders from back then who you can't stand? That's, from that for all that yeah. you know, uh, Tommy Dorsey, Glenn yeah. Miller, uh, you yeah. know, swing and sway with Sammy K, all that crap, all that yeah. stuff that Bobby Sockers listened to. Yeah, that that all started like the you know mid thirties mm-hmm. garbage. And do you do you have seventy uh, eights that you collect? You have yeah, like, I still have a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't um, collect them anymore because they're uh-huh. impossible to find. Today. Sure, yeah. Like, uh, like, what's the what's the craziest one you ever bought? Like, um, I never paid any money for them. They were always okay. just flea market finds, sure. and they, by the way, very hard to find. It was mm-hmm. like you didn't find them. Probably, yeah. I mentioned in my book, probably Hatchethead Blues with the old Southern Jug Band. Okay, so not like. Uh, no, no. I, don't, I don't even like the record that much. That's probably the most valuable. Okay. Record, one of them. I don't. I don't have a great collection. Like mm-hmm. people like Terry Zweigoff have, or yeah. Joe Pissard, or you know those guys. Sure, but it's not like because uh, I never found Pennsylvania. It was a lousy place to look for those good records. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, like, I would go look at like my grandparents' records, and it'd be like, and then you see it's like, man, oh boy, did my uh, they just had like bad taste. It'd be like, like if only these. If only Engelbert Humperdinck was, uh, like, if he's collectible, suddenly there's, like, a weird wave of that, then, like, like I'm on easy street. Oh, yeah, you'll never, yeah, your grandparents' stuff isn't worth it's anything. So, no, it's, yeah, just like, you, it's, it's, uh, it's like, that's like, uh, that's like a garbage heap yeah, stuff. Yeah, Like, it's the dump. Yeah, that's how, you know how many times I would go, I'd try to track people down, oh, I have some old records, and it's uh-huh. just all crap. I'm, no, yeah. 78s, well, I got them, and bring it like, you know, <laughs> and you go Dinosaur, <laughs> you know, or, or this one I know is worth money, it's like Bing Crosby, White Christmas, they printed two billion of those, <laughs> the planet will blow up, there'll still be some of those 78s, Bing Crosby, yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll be that, and, uh, and, uh, uh, A Taste of Honey, the, uh. Herb Alpert. Oh, oh the, 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 yeah, 33. Yeah, that's true. I can picture that cover, too. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's all the whipped cream. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. You have that record, Mike? Yeah. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, uh, I got a question for you, too. What do you got? So I learned recently that there's a sequel to that song, It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To. Yeah, it's uh, called Judy's Turn to Cry. Exactly, exactly. It's the revenge Judy's song. Judy's Turn to Cry. Yeah. Exactly. She gets, gets, her, uh, gets her comeuppance. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering if you knew of any, or if you had any ideas for songs that you thought deserved sequels, or the story wasn't finished yet. That's a good question. Yeah, that is a very good question. Song that would have a sequel. Yeah, because I know there's a Return of Jackie and Judy by the Ramones. That's the only one I could really think of where it's like mm-hmm. a real sequel. What about and even uh, that one's kind of phoned in? What about if there was a, a sequel to Young Turks by Rod Stewart? Young Turks too, because it ends with like Jackie gave birth to a ten pound baby boy, yo yo, right? <laughs> 
Young hearts be free tonight. And then, like, you find out where those guys are at now. Right? That's good. Not happy. It wouldn't be happy. What about the the Ballad of Dwight Fry, Alice Cooper? Like, does does he ever get out? And what happens? That'd be a good one. Does he get one. a job? That he's just like, yeah. I like he that. He probably cleans up eventually. They probably they have to, they, you know. That's a great song. I like that song. Yeah. Somebody's saying here, uh, Disco Duck should have a secret. <laughs> How is it that, like, look, look at this. Think about this. Not that I'm making it about me again, but I'm gonna for a second. A guy like Rick Dees. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no discernible talent, except for that he just plays the game. Records this thing, Disco Duck. Right. Clearly, he must have just been playing his own record and just ran, ran his own thing up the charts. You know, hey. Oh, you know, oh, it was the legend was that he was the first one that played it. And I mean, it if you're in radio and it, yeah, or what's the. But it's just like this guy, Rick Dees, could yeah. buy and sell me. He could throw money at me and make me dance and just. Like, is that fair? Is that fair, Adam? No. It's in not, life? It's, it's not, not fair. No. Is it fair that a guy like Mike is cleaning up the way he's. He, he's finding his second. He's in the. It's the. He's in his, like, renaissance now. Right. And I'm just here in the tank. I'm in the tank with this. I'm hemorrhaging right. money. Here, really? I mean, with but this you, show. but God, how can that be? Seriously. Now, I sat here tonight. You yeah. were entertaining for three hours. Yeah. I don't understand how you do it. You make it look easy. Well, it happened. It's, it's just going to be. Uh, you carved that on my tombstone. Then he made it entertaining for three. How, Maybe how, you know. Is it that you perceived as East Coast? They don't think you know. It's no. He's he's he's. He's an East Coast guy, you know. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe I should just be turning this into a TV show or something. Maybe that's what the problem with this show is, right? It should just be like, make it a TV show. Maybe everybody get it then. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I don't get it. Maybe i got to write a book, but I'll never write a book as good as Will Not Attend. So I'm not going to even not, try that. That's, that's really nice. It's in paperback it. now. Raccoon it's, Face liked it. <laughs> Raccoon Face did like it. Probably the funniest book I've ever read. Um, there's a great story about your musical love in that and you chasing after a, uh, Jimmy, a set. Jimmy Rogers picture disc. Yeah. It, uh, it's so great. And so when you were, when did you work on, on SNL? I wasn't clear on that. It was actually, I think it was the year, the maybe the two years after Cabin Boy, but it was when Chris was there and Chris, brought me up and Jim Danny was there and who I knew a little bit and he, mm-hmm. you know, they they really needed writers at the time that's when then there was a lot of trouble remember like a uh, it was the cut that New York magazine Saturday uh, night yeah, Dead. yeah yeah so they were they were you know trying to overhaul everything but it was I remember it was when there was a really it was a really big cast so that guy from Kids in the Hall was there and I think Janine Garofalo and Chris it was an awkward cast and mm-hmm. people like uh Adam Sandler and Farley and those guys were about to leave and do mm-hmm. movies and it was just yeah. I remember I, I wasn't you know I I, I hardly I, I hardly spent any time there I went mm-hmm. in and helped write a couple of things for Chris but it was a it was that was dreary really grim up there but you stay on your feet Adam yeah how do you do it I'm on the mat here got this cord is short circuiting here the headphones weren't even working. I'm gonna have to hear a song and dance from Dudio about why it's Mike's fault that it happened and Mike will blame 
studio and then paddle stab both of them in the back. It's it's dysfunctional yeah. out there. I knew it the second I it came is. In, it's like a like, it's like it's like a hornet's nest out there. Right. But look what you do for these guys, and that's why you get up in the morning. You, is, you gave them lives, you know. You gave them. Where do you think if it, let's let's do it? It's a wonderful life scenario right, right now. I get smear. I turn into just get smeared on the pavement, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Where where does AP Mike end up? Well, I was just trying to think. If you get smeared on the pavement, you something happened to you. How how do we monetize that? Yeah, I mean, the box sets are already doing well, but you have yeah. a lot of tapes. You've got yeah. a lot of stuff banked, so we can okay. maybe get a little money that way. Okay. Um, but how does my life, how does me not being here for you know, AP for, Mike, how, yeah, how does that actually, change? I just, just realized that? I didn't get the concept, but, uh, yeah, no, no, I get it. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think AP Mike probably, it's sad. He tries to take over for a little while. Uh huh. And then it just, then it just falls apart. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I think it, you know, I, it's sad. Mike, I love you. You're great. But I just think he's a little lost. But he thinks he—I think maybe he thinks he'll keep it going a little bit till he gets someone else in here, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> then you know that guy would pay him, and then maybe Mike could take him to the top, and uh, they would. Uh, so Mike would just hope no. But Mike would be trying to move like like a Dick Clark type move and hope nobody noticed. Right. Right. Yeah. He <laughs> doesn't bring anything to the table himself. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. I can't. Right. I can't say that. Look, I yeah. think Mike would end up. Uh, Mike, could, uh, Mike would end up just do, do, there'd be a ski mask involved. What? <laughs> no offense, Mike. Mike said none taken. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom, it's Jefferson from Texas. Got a quick one for the topic. What? What's up, Jefferson? Uh, Steve Miller bands. I don't get Steve Miller bands. Can I interject one thing? Yeah, I'm sorry. Of I, I mean, I uh-huh. couldn't agree with you more, except for like three or four tracks on Sailor. The song "Dear Mary" is one of the coolest songs of all time, but other than that, uh, yeah, no, 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 Steve Miller, none of the '70s Steve Miller. My yeah. parents had like a greatest hits mm-hmm. CD that they played constantly, so I yeah. just heard like the the big hits over and over and over again. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I was like, "Oh, yeah, this is fine." And then as I got older, I was like, I don't, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And people always look at me like I'm the weird one because I don't like the Steve Miller band. So when a guy like you, Jefferson, is out and about in Texas, mm-hmm. you're driving around, you're playing your music, you're trying to just resist the urge, right? Because you're a, you're a guy, you're a, you're not a you're you've got some. There's a gray area with you. I've spoken to you enough. Uh-huh. What 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 is a what is considered a uh, of of like a vice for you? What is what is a an area? What is a weakness for you? I think I know what it is. I had to stop buying comic books. That was my big thing for the longest time. I was every week. I was oh, pull stop list. It. It's not your pull list. <laughs> you um, got. I. I know. I know. I got a line on. I can hear it in your voice. You're the type of guy. You're walking down the street. Got your headphones on, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You see a light from a window. You can't help it. You try to fight the urge. You can't help it. Next thing you know, you're in the bushes. You're staring in the window, seeing you're you got you got that. I got, I'm picking up on a definite peeper vibe. Peeper vibe. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought that was where this was going. Really. 
you got that thing where you just you like seeing the, it's like into the lives of others. You just like what can I see? You watch, maybe bushes. watch maybe the watch a Rangers game, right? The Ranger oh, the the Rangers are playing the A's tonight. I'll watch it. This guy's in his in his lazy boy watching. Oh, he doesn't know I'm watching from behind him, right? Second hand watching. Yeah, second hand watching. Anybody would get the thing where they could turn into uh, say you had the power of Ant Man, right? Right, mm-hmm. Ant Man. If you could, t- I would go shrink down and fight people and do heroic stuff. You, you'd be out on a, a shower rod, right? <laughs> you'd be in the house. Sitting on the, sitting on the bottle of conditioner. <laughs> why, why, with a little bucket of popcorn. Like a, like a herb trinket cover. Yeah, just. watching the show. Right? Am I wrong or am I, am I a little, it's, I'm not too far off, am I? I don't, I, I feel like I'm already guilty in the court of public opinion. That's just a vibe I pick up from you. <laughs> and Steve Mo, well, you don't like, uh, take the money and run? That would be a song that should have a sequel, Oof. right? Take the money and yeah, take the money and run. That'd be a good one. Because you know what they happened? got away, yeah. and they're still Follow running today, right? Billy Mac, right? Yeah, the detective. Because it's Bobby Sue and Billy Joe, right? Yeah, and they're on the run, and they're still running, saying, "Come on, take the money and run." What if it's just like Steve Miller picked it up again, like four years later, <laughs> Billy Joe and Bob Sue, right? No, it just turns into then somehow it burnt, turns into like the river, Bruce Springsteen song. That's what, that's the <laughs> yeah. It was just the sad part of the money runs out, yeah, and then they're just living out. They're just living in a uh, an apartment in Passaic. You got Billy Joe pregnant, man. That was all she wrote. <laughs> but what do they do with the money? They blew it all, of course. Thank you, Jefferson. I'm yeah, that tired. you're tired. I'm a little tired. I mean, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Can it, will one of these cabs actually take me the whole way to the city? Someone's gonna get we'll me. Like, it. Don't yeah. worry. One hey, of, uh, what's that place on the one main street said steam crabs? Because I love Maryland crabs. You know the place I'm talking about? No. Okay. Something we'll talk about. Steam afterwards. crabs. You don't like you like uh, crabs? You know hard shells, Maryland crabs. Yeah, we'll talk. I, I like crabs. You like crabs, Mike? Okay, but boring. Never mind. Just rambling. Like. I brought the room down. He, uh, tell me what you think of this. Mike, a couple of years ago, he, he drives down to go see a friend in Florida. Yeah. And what he does is he loads up a cooler up here with shrimp. Oh God, it <laughs> takes it down to some And takes it down because he had his, he, Put he was bra- ice in there. Yeah, He's bragging about his connect up here. Yeah. That he had yeah. like a seafood he kept calling connect, it his yeah. connect. Right. His seafood connect. And he drove down. It's like, it's not like he drove to like, not like he drove to like Ames, Iowa, <laughs> where like it's landlocked. Yeah. He drove to Florida. No, and isn't it, was, there was no dry ice involved, right? No, he's just got a cooler. He's at a, he's at a quick check buying yeah. a bag of ice. Oh my God. And dumping it on top of his shrimp. Right, Mike? Was the shrimp any good when you got down? Would you probably have to put a lot of uh, balsamic vinegar on that, right? You had to cure it. Spread the lime around in the car after that. (laughs) Now, Adam Resnick, you have the book out now. Will not attend. It's in stores. You'll be uh, 
doing anything to to get the word out? Anything exciting? Yeah, a couple of things here and there. All right. Yeah, they're, you know, whatever. It's the paperback, so. Where can people find out about those things? Anywhere? Uh, I think it's probably on the Penguin web website. Okay. And, uh, um, there's a... Uh, Oh, reading at book court. I forget the date. Hold it. <laughs> I think it's it's uh, next week. Other okay. Hold on. Just give me a second. Here. Sure. I'm sorry. And I'm going to say in the meantime. Yeah. Sharpling and Worcester are playing live this uh, late October, late late August, early September. Four shows. Amazing shows. Uh, Seattle. We're playing at uh, Numos on August 27th. August 29th, Saturday, August 29th, Portland, Oregon, the Doug Fur. Thursday, September 3rd, San Francisco, Great American Music Hall, and Saturday, September 5th, uh, Los Angeles, El Rey Theater. Get these tickets now. Shows are selling and tickets are selling. Like, I'm telling you, dominoes are going to start dropping on these things, and then uh, you're going to start crying when the way if you missed out on tickets. Especially, uh, true that, true that. people in, uh, oh, I'm not going to name which one, but, uh, it's, uh, Portland. About to go. Domino's going to fall. Don't miss out. So what, do you have Thursday the, night, book court in Brooklyn. Thursday night, book court in Brooklyn. You will be reading from the book. Reading from the book, uh, uh, a woman, Jen Dahl, who's also part of Under the Umbrella of Penguin, will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dave Hill, who you know, will be sure. there. Sure. Dave's and, a good uh, guy. Yep. Great guy. And, uh, hey. just about, uh, good times. Uh, uh that's, uh, you know, <laughs> someone asked, uh, James Brown once what that, I heard he was on a show. He had just sang a song in that, what was that awful Dan Aykroyd movie in the early 80s? Oh, which one? Uh, the one? The uh, one was the crazy one? one? Yeah. I've heard, yeah Dr. I've heard, Detroit? Dr. Detroit, yeah. And James Brown, I think, was in it and sang a song. and so, on, so on. Maybe it was on Letterman Days. So what's, what was that movie about, Dr. Detroit? And James Brown said, oh, about good times. You know, David. It's just, <laughs> but I realized, you know, how else the hell could you describe that? <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't know how to it's describe that movie. Good it's, times. It's, it's, you know, I put dot, 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 and he didn't know where to go with it. <laughs> oh, you know, Dave. <laughs> David. It's just about good times. David. Well, he, he did the intro for that, uh, one of the shows he did. It was like that, that Bill Wendell used to do it. Did I, you know, late mm-hmm. night with it. And one of the, the guests was Father Guido Sarducci. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I forget why he said, uh, when he was rehearsing it, he said, no, I, I, I can't say Guido. I can't say Guido because I was someone very close to my church. I can't say, I cannot say, I can't say Guido. So when you, if you ever see that, he did that. And then also, uh, Father Sarducci. He said, "Fathers, oh my God!" Yeah, I don't know. It was something interesting. Somebody felt that he was adamant about it that he wouldn't say Guido. <laughs> Got to take a stand somewhere, yeah. right? At some point, he had to take a stand somewhere. Yeah, he stood. Yeah, James Brown, late great, a raccoon yep. face might not know he's dead too. That's a good point, my friends. Thank you for listening to the best show. We will be back next week. Thank you to Adam Resnick for coming down. I appreciate it. Thank you from all of us. I hope you come down, listeners. Any week you want to come down, you just come and you hang out. That's I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get some crabs on that street. That okay. You and Mike have a crab eating contest, right? You'll eat it. Yeah. Well, let Mike go get his from his Orthodox. Yeah. Go get his connect. Get his connect. His connect. (laughs) We'll hook hook you both up with some crabs. All right. Once again, thanks, Tom. And check out those tour dates at stereolaughs.com, L-A-F-F-S. Uh, uh, you can check out Adam's book, uh, Will Not Attend. Penguin put it out. The, the, there's a lot, I guess, uh, a public appearances and readings are up at 
the Penguin website. Next week at uh, Thursday at Book Court in Brooklyn. Next Thursday, Book Court this in Thursday. Brooklyn. Actually, the day after tomorrow. The day after tomorrow. Yeah. We'll be in uh, Brooklyn, Book Court. Check it out. Thanks. I'm pretty sure. But double check. All right. Book Court site. And I'm going to say good night and thanks to, uh, once again, Pat Byrne has his show Prove It All Night this Saturday, August 1st, 9 p.m. live at WFMU's Performance Space. It's Pat with uh, Christy Cielo, Nate uh, Fernald, Brett Davis, and Dan Licata, and music from Sunshine and the Rain. You find out more about that over at WFMU.org. Go see it live. It's always a great show. And we will be back next week. And here is something by the raining sound uh, to play us out. And I will see you all next week. Thank you and good night.